Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big sales! First off, and I would like to congratulate Nick Sirianni. I know. I'm going to congratulate Nick Sirianni, the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick, now I know you watch faithfully. And, you know, actually, Meryl Reese, who's on later on today at 4.30, actually did one of his hits with us from Nick's office, if you remember correctly. And so I was watching the press conference today, his little scrum, And he was like, you know, we've learned a lot from the last two previous games. It's, you know, something that we looked at. You know, we studied. We looked at the Super Bowl. We looked at the 21 game. Obviously, we've looked at all the opponents. Pretty much every single thing. There were people in here yesterday going, those games don't matter. Well, Sirianni thinks it matters. You're welcome, Nick. Big Seal's breaking it down for you and strategically showing you, in a way, what they did in the 21 game, what they did in the Super Bowl just nine months ago. Okay? Yes. The Eagles at the Novacare Center are faithful viewers of your show. Congratulations. Tone will join us for the segment each and every single Monday through Friday at 3.30. As mentioned, Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Eagles, with a big one on Monday night, will jump aboard with us at 4.30. You know, it's funny. I was listening a little bit to Sports Take with Tone and uh, Rob, and they were talking about, you know, Nick Sirianni. So you know what I did? I kind of expanded it. What do you think Nick Sirianni's worth is? To the Eagles. What's his value? Here, let me give and put it in context. Belichick makes 20 million. Sean Payton makes 18. Pete Carroll makes 15. You want to know who your coaches of the year are and your best coaches in the NFL? What does Big Sills always tell you? Follow the money. Sean McVay, 14 million. Mike Tomlin, 12.5 million. Andy Reid, he's underpaid, 12 million. John Harbaugh, 12 million. Kyle Shanahan, $10 million. Mike Vrabel, nine and a half. 
Doug Peterson, eight and a half. Nick Sirianni's making six and a half million dollars. You want me to put that in context for you? Billy Napier at Florida makes 7.3, and he's the 12th highest paid coach in college football. Kyle Whittingham is 25th and makes the same money that Nick Sirianni makes. There's about 17 college coaches that make more than him. What's his value to you? What's his value to the Eagles? What do you think his value is? If you were going to put a number on it, knowing the way the Eagles fire coaches or move off them, you keep talking to me about a record. Hey, you want to hear something that's even more preposterous? Um, Andy Reid makes the same money that Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, Mel Tucker, who was just fired at Michigan State, and Lincoln Riley make, just to show you how out of whack it is. And that when somebody says, hey, you want to be a college head football coach? Don't just say no. Because the money's on that side of the aisle, too. And you get better payouts. What What's Nick, what's Nick worth? You think the Eagles would pay this guy $15 million? Oh, not in a million years. You know why? That team's not built around Nick. That team's built around Howie. That's Howie's team. So what do you pay your coach? <laughs> 32 and 12. And Billy Napier makes more money at Florida. About 18 college coaches make more than Nick Sirianni does. Hey, dude, pat's on the back. Don't pay the bills. Your paycheck is who you are, not your record. It's not. Your paycheck is who you are. Let's get that right. He's 32 and 12. Yeah, and he's one of the lower paid guys in the league and in the country. What's he worth to the Eagles? What would you pay him knowing that Howie runs the Because if you pay him more than Howie, doesn't he have more say in the team? If you pay Nick Sirianni more than the GM, doesn't he have more say? He'll never make more than him. That's not how this is set up. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. Steve, I'm trying to make a point to you about the worth and getting credit in who he is. You're not giving him, you're not paying him more money than Howie Roseman because with wealth comes more power. That means more say. That means more latitude. You're not going to pay your head coach more than the guy who makes all the decisions in the building. 32 and 12, whatever it is, means what to the Eagles when it comes to Nick Sirianni? 
funny, they haven't even addressed the fact that giving him a contract extension. You don't really believe they're going to pay him more, do you? And give him more say in the team. He has no say in the personnel. He has, a, he has little say when it comes to the coaches being hired. But when you pay a coach more money, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, all have complete, total say in those organizations. That's why they're the highest paid guys. 2018, 15, 14. What, what is he worth to the Eagles? Just, again, just off the top of my head here, I thought about that. And I keep hearing people say, Nick needs more. Okay, what would you pay him? Would you pay him more than Mike Tomlin? What was Reed getting paid with the Eagles? I guarantee you he wasn't getting paid 12 million bucks. Now, obviously, salaries escalate. Standard of living escalates. In 1994 or in 2004, uh, six, seven million dollars is the equivalent of probably around 12, 13 million dollars. So do they double his pay and pay him 12? Probably. We don't need another Chip Kelly fiasco. Sirianni needs more time and experience. Would you pay Nick Sirianni $20 million to be your coach? You think the Eagles would pay $20 million for Nick and make him the highest paid? Supposedly, he's got the best record. I hear people on our channel and around the city of Philly talking about how he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. If that's the case, pay him. Or don't pay him. We'll know immediately how they think of him. Okay? After doing some digging, Howie makes an estimated $1.3 million. <whistles> that, that number's way off. He makes, is that between one and three? Is that what I saw, saw Tone? Estimated between one and three million. That's because, quite frankly, when you're looking at for Howie, that contract, he's he's not a coach. And you got to remember something about Belichick, Peyton, and Pete Carroll. Those guys have those guys have probably complete control of their organization, where Nick doesn't. That's why Nick is never going to get that kind of money. Because they kind of split it here a little bit. Interesting how they do that. I wonder if Howie's, because again, I wonder if Howie's one of the highest paid GMs. I didn't say, no, Bruce, I didn't say don't pay him. I never said that. I said, what are you paying him? What are you going to pay a guy who has no say in the team's building? What do you pay a coach to that? I want to know what you think his value is. Because again, pats on the back, great records. That's wonderful. And I mean it. He gets to the dinner table because of what he's doing. What are you going to pay him? Are you going to pay him more than Kyle Shanahan and um, Sean McVay? Are you going to pay him $15, $20 million? What's he do? He's not a play caller. He doesn't pick the talent. 
He doesn't hire the coaches. He's a good, he's a great clubhouse. Here, I'll give you exactly. Wait a minute, eight million? Bruce, you're going to pay him $8 million and only give him a $2 million bonus if he puts that team back in the Super Bowl again? You might want to up that a couple more million. Hey, it's one thing to be the head coach of the Eagles. It's another thing to get hijacked. I think you got to kick that thing up a bit here. I'm actually going to fight for the guy. Believe it or not, I'm not going to not want to. Hey, I never said don't pay him. I said, how much do you want to pay him? Okay, I I, I got it dirty. How much are you going to pay him? He doesn't have a lot of say in the building of the team. I'm not saying he doesn't have influence. He does. Completely. But the decisions that are being made structurally, scheme-wise, when, when free agents are being signed and how he's bringing guys in, you think Nick's bringing them guys in? The coaches work him out. How he, how he brings them in. Would you pay between 10 and 11? That puts him down near Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's a play caller. Nick's not. What's he worth? Now, remember something. You fired two guys who went to Super Bowls. And Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. So you got to put this into context. They believe they can replace Nick at any time. Quite frankly, so do I. Because they have. What's crazy is, is that Jeffrey Lurie has never had a head football coach since he's owned the team with a losing record. Since Andy Reid, you've never had a coach with a losing record. That is unbelievable. And you fired Andy, Chip, and Doug. You fired all three of them guys. To sit here and say, that that guy's not expendable at any time is nuts. What do you pay him? The highest paid GM is Belichick at seven and a half. Now you put, get this. He's seven and a half million, Howie, or uh, Nick, uh, Bill. But Bill makes 20 combined. Bill Belichick makes $20 million a year. So, John Lynch, five. Sneed is five and a half. John Schneider, uh, Seattle is four and a half. Jesus, man. When Howie Roseman's contract up and his contract is up, he'll be one of the hottest general managers in pro football. He'll, he'll, what was, hey, guys, who was the general manager of the, of the Red Sox and the Cubs? Who who what who what what was that kid's name? What was that guy's name that was the general manager of of the Cubs and Nick Casario makes six million. Hey, Nick Nick Casario <laughs> is living up to that money, man. Get this, Patriots. That's the Patriots executive that was picking the talent 
when Bill was up there and he was with Bill, he took over for Scott Pioli. You want to know why Houston is trending up and New England's trending down? Nick Casario, Dale Webstein, thank you very much, Mike. Dale Webstein. They're going to make statues of Dale Webstein. Why? He won a World Series in Boston, and then he turned around and won a World Series in Chicago with the Cubs. They're going to build statues of that guy. Howie Roseman. Hey, when's Howie's contract up, too? Wow. You talk about signing players? When Howie Roseman's contract up, and then you got to determine how much and what value Nick, Nick, Nick Sirianni is to you, when's that contract up for Howie? Through 23? He, signed an, he just signed an extension in 23? I thought it was last year that he signed that contract extension. I thought it was last year. So he signed a three-year contract extension. So in 26, that thing is up. Jesus, criminy. He's one of the most underpaid guys in the National Football League, and he's considered one of the best, which leads me to believe this. They're very cheap at paying their GM and very cheap at paying their head coach. Jesus, man. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't pay his people. Runs through 25. Howie Roseman's deal's up in 25, and he's one of the – Middle of the pack, highest paid GMs. I wouldn't stay in Philly for three million when other guys are making that kind of money. Casario's making six. You get you got Lynch making five, Les Sneed's making five and a half, John Snyder's four and a half. I'm not staying in Philly for that. Now, do I think they'll up it? Of course they will. They get to the Super Bowl. They may do it in the offseason. Okay? They're, they're not, I, I agree. Hey, Josh, I agree. I do not believe it either. Kind of, I didn't even really factor in the Howie conversation. This wasn't even really going to be a topic here. This was kind of, I heard something, and I was like, what's the value of Nick? Big Seals, you make it sound like Howie is a dictator. I'm No. They have always run their organization like that, even under Joe Banner. It's not a dictator. He's a better GM today. He listens to people more. He totally does. I'm not saying he runs that thing hard. Look, I look I, to me, it looks like it's a lot of fun to go to work in Philadelphia. You're taking it wrong, man. And you give no saying to the coach. I think he has input. Steve, what guy did he hire? Nick Sirianni. Name me one coach he hired. All those coaches. And again, let's go back to the Super Bowl. He said when he got hired, he had to introduce himself to 80% of the uh, coaching staff. Honestly, what guy did he hire? Does the coaches pay count to the salary cap? That I don't know. That's a great question. If not, who cares how much a coach gets paid? Wow. So you don't mind then if you go to work and you got a guy making less money and losing more, more games than you, and he makes more money than you. You're okay with that? This is professional sports. 
You, this guy likes to be paid here with pats on the back. This is an ego-driven sport, dude. That's from the GM to the coach to the quarterback to the defensive tackle to the 53rd guy on the roster. Everybody gives a shit how much everyone makes. There's a reason the NFL PA passes out lists of how much players make and where you are in that landscape when your contract is up. Hey, that's okay. I don't care what he makes. Yeah, you do. So you think a guy with a lesser resume should make more than Howie Roseman? Really? Guarantee was Howie Roseman's agent doesn't think that. These people have agents. I'll ask you one more time, then we'll move on. How much is how how much is Nick Sirianni worth to the organization? Right now, again, like I said, he he may he. I can name you 10 coaches in college football that make more money than him. Saban, Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, Mel Tucker, who just got canned, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, who just got let go, 9.1. Mark Stoops of Kentucky makes 9.1 million. Lane Kiffin, 9.5. These are college guys. How much is he worth? Eagles tend to hire guys they don't that don't have equity so they can have more control over the rest of the staff. Totally true. That's why Andy Reid, when he was hired, you remember what he was? He wasn't the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. He was a quarterback coach. Mike Holmgren was the play caller. Okay? Mike Holmgren, right? Doug was like what? A clipboard holder in Kansas City, right? Shit, you know the guy who had the most equity that you guys have hired in the last 25 years? Chip Kelly. Because Chip could have called it, he could have called his putt. Jeffrey Laurie Arab, the Eagles have never hired a head coach with previous NFL head coaching experience. It's how they do business. That's why they keep numbers down. You're never going to see him make a ton of money. I wouldn't be shocked they put him in the 12 range, though. But I think he's got to win it to be in the 12 range. Because if not, they'll put him around nine, Vrabel. Mike Vrabel makes nine and a half. They'll put him around in there. They'll up his pay a little, like $3 million. But they ain't going to put him up top because he doesn't have any equity in the team when it comes to making decisions on building the roster. Okay? Chip Kelly's trash. Chip Kelly got paid like a king. And then he held you for ransom. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what he left you? A smoothie bar. How's that for you? Chip 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 Kelly stole your money and left you a smoothie bar. And the Eagles go like this. Well, we ain't having that again. I got to tell you something else. That smoothie bar has to be the most expensive smoothie bar in all the kingdom. (laughs) Hey, he left us a smoothie bar. Yeah, 12.5 a year? I'm sure. (laughs) 
That guy left you a smoothie bar. It's the most expensive thing on a stick. <laughs> a three-cent smoothie bar now is a $12 million item at Novicare. Every day, hey, every time Howie and Jeffrey Laurie pick up that smoothie bar, I guarantee you, not a chance in hell, Jeffrey Laurie eats that smoothie bar. No way. I, I would gag on that. <laughs> I would gag on that thing, man. <laughs> Knowing the money I paid that guy to get the hell out of town and what he did, I, I would gag on that thing. Uh, I would. Are you saying Vrabel has control over the Titans roster? I sure am. They got the GM fired, didn't he? After A.J. Brown got blown out, what happened to the GM? Ah! And that guy was a good GM. After A.J. Brown left the Titans, what happened? After the Titans lost to the Eagles, GM. Ah! Who do you think did that? The missus that owns the Titans? Okay. Seals, where's your boy Chip Kelly now? Making the same money Nick Sirianni makes at UCLA. What, you think he took a pay cut? He didn't take a pay cut. He makes the same money right now that your boy makes coaching the Eagles. Tone's right. I ain't going to pay that guy a lot of money. I, I would. You know why? I like calm waters. I like smooth sailing. I don't like choppy waters. It's reason to upset the boat. You know? You can always fire these guys. I don't like upsetting anything. By the way, I'm not suggesting you don't pay him. I just ask you how much you think he's worth. Okay, you were right. Coaches typically never outlast GMs. The fact that Vrabel is still there, the other guy is not, means he was he has more equity with the ownership. Of course, GM. Bye. See ya. You made a shitty move. Mike Vrabel wouldn't have got it paid for that. By the way, Mike Vrabel. We're sitting in the owner's box three weeks ago in New England. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> That's your next head football coach of the Patriots is Mike Vrabel. All right, let's move on here. I thought it's interesting because you guys, what's the number you think they're going to pay him? He's making six and a half now. What do you think they pay him for his 32 in whatever record? Look at look at Keon. Keon is, still doesn't get it because he thinks this is all about football. You think they're firing Josh Allen? They just gave him a contract that would destroy the salary cap. Who do you think has more? Who do you think would be around? A coach, a GM, or a fifty-five million dollar quarterback that you have cap money and guaranteed money lied into? Who has more power? Do you think in Cincinnati right now? Joe Burrow or the GM? <laughs> this is a money business. 
That's what Tone's right. The Eagles don't hire experienced coaches from coordinators to head coaches. You never do. You hire those guys as consultants. And when the contracts get too big, guess what happens? You Doug Peterson. Nick Sirianni has two bad years. They'll fire him. Like they did Doug. He has two mediocre years. Hurts gets hurt. Something goes sideways. Talent, bad luck. You guys were coming off a Super Bowl win where you guys were all drunk, hanging off of poles down on Broad Street. There's nobody in here that ever imagined 24 months later, Doug Peterson would be fired. Nobody. Shit, I didn't believe it. Nobody. Next safe. The least safest job in Philadelphia sports is the head coaching job of the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you talk to me about how great a coach is, you think Brian Dable's job is safe in New York now? Matt Nagy won the NFL Coach of the Year Award, was fired two years later. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Two years later, he was fired. Something that your city hadn't seen since 1960. You think NFL head coaching jobs are safe? My God. You keep throwing Nick's record around. And you don't win that Super Bowl this year? Don't start asking the question, does Jalen have the right coach like they are in Buffalo with Sean McDermott? You put up a marvelous record this year and you don't close the deal? You're going to start talking about Andy Reid Philly, aren't you? So when you start talking about how great Nick is, think about how replaceable every coach has been since 2000 in your building. They've all won. (laughs) I hate to be the guy to bring this up to you like that. But all the people that rave and do this, hey, it's wonderful. Every one of those coaches got fired, had good records too. As a matter of fact, As a matter of fact, like I said, I can't think of another organization who has had four coaches with winning records, with no NFL experience as a head coach. I can't think of one organization outside of Pittsburgh where coaches had a winning record, all four of them. Reed, Kelly, Peterson, and now Nick. That's four, right, since 2000? Right? Three Super Bowl appearances, three NFC championships, three coaches with three. Hey, you really think that the Philadelphia Eagle management looks at the head coach and goes like this? We won three NFC championships with three different dudes that they can't replace that guy? It's one thing if you had Don Shula, or it's another thing if you had um, Bill Belichick. And the reason I say that, have the Dolphins done anything since Don Shula left? And what did the Patriots do previous to Belichick? Those guys are those dynasties. 
That wasn't a franchise like Pittsburgh. And quite frankly, neither were the Eagles until Jeffrey Lurie showed up. He's the com the only common denominator in Philadelphia since 2000 has been the owner. You've had a couple GMs. You've had three head, four head coaches. So when you keep telling me the importance of Nick, really, do you think that organization, the organization takes more credit in hiring Nick than Nick's results? Do you not get that? And that's why he's paid the way he is. Now, I think they're going to up him. I do. But I'm trying to put a level head on your hat here to make you understand that organization values the head coach because it's their pick to run the team. But they value their decision-making more than Nick's results because that's their guy. Just like when Howie drafts a, a draft choice. Okay, I mean, don't you see how he runs things? Does Howie Roseman put more value on drafting players than on when he trades for a guy or UDFAs? Of course he does. Why wouldn't he do it with the coaches that he hires or elevates? Again, this is why I ask you about Nick's value. Nick is a good coach. I'm not saying that. But again, I can name you 20 college coaches make more to this guy. And I'm going to be curious to see what they think his value is. Because they've never really valued their coaches and their head. I, I, I think that's a poor word. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's not that they don't value their coaches. They Okay, they don't pay their guys. I, I, I think that's an unfair comment. Like, they don't value, they do value them. Okay? It's crazy. How great is Nick? Ask the Eagles that. Howie Roseman takes victory laps on the hiring of him. All right. I want to throw this out here. Um, I went back and watched the Super Bowl. Seals, if Nick's gone, who else would the Eagles look at to play his submissive role? I don't – look, I think that's a little over the top. It's not a submissive role. They would never hire a submissive coach at that position. But it would be somebody in the makeup of Doug, Nick, Frank, someone like that. It would be someone in that makeup. And it would be a coordinator from somewhere. It would, it would be somebody that they have a relationship with, that they feel comfortable with. It'd be someone like that, okay? They're never going to bring in another Kelly from college, and they're never going to hire somebody like Mike Vrabel to come in. That'd be too much for the organization. And by the way, you got to give them credit, too, for this. You know what that is? They don't want to upset anything because it's working. It is working. It is. You know, if it sounds like I'm ripping, I'm not. I'm just saying they have built something in Philly that no matter what it is, can I tell you where I got this from? 
when we won national championships at the University of Miami, Howard Schnellenberger, Dennis Erickson, um, and Larry Coker, all three different dudes won national championships at Miami. All three guys. You know what never changed? Many of the assistants and the structure that we had in recruiting and what we did offensively and defensively, they came in and it was plug and play with the coaching staff. The head coach was brought in. There weren't a lot of changes in the staff. You're doing the same shit in Philly we did when we won five titles in 15 years. All those coaches were still there. Okay? And then you start changing everything up, firing everybody. That's why Miami has blown for 20 years. Okay? All right. I went back and watched the Super Bowl. And let me ask you something about Jalen Hurts' play this year. How do you think he's done when it comes to the one thing that I thought he wasn't really good at? Seeing internal blitzing. How do you think he's done? I'm curious as hell, Sills, because of the rumors of Philly offering Gannon head coach pay to stay the D.C., so what would they pay Nick? I, I, I hope they pay Nick around 12, Mike Tomlin money. I hope they pay him around there. So I think he deserves to be doubled. How do you think Jalen has done when it comes to handling blitz pickups and blitz pressure? this year compared to last year? Do you think he's done well, or do you think he's been hit more? And do you think because – now, again, the volume of passes, um, the lack of running game, um, not running game, his running game, um, tends to probably mean that you're going to see a little bit more hits on Jalen Hurts. Um, weakest part of his game, RTF. Well, Steve Spagnola blitzes a lot. Okay, and he did it in the Super Bowl, and he did it in 21, and he'll do it again. You know why? He plays press coverage. Watch the Super Bowl. His corners play press. So you're going to get the matchup that you guys want to see. It's not that bullshit thing that you play in Philly. They play press. Spagnola is a press defensive coordinator. Okay, now the wide receivers in the Super Bowl did well. Okay, they did well, but he brings pressure. And he is a guy that likes press. And he's going to blitz. Okay, he's going to bring pressure. Something else I noticed in that Super Bowl. Do you know in the first half there were 10 designed run plays? in the first half that netted 52 yards. There were at least 10 design plays. Jalen's health, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Whether or not they're going to have design run plays like they did in that Super Bowl. Nick said it today. They watched the Super Bowl. Spagnola in the first half Pressed, blitzed, Eagles, 10 designed run plays. 
that netted 52, five yards a carry in the first half of that game got them off to that 10 nothing lead. How many of those design plays are they going to? They're not doing that this year. There's not a ton of design run plays. That's not what their idea is. They're not doing that. I think he's done well. He isn't taking off like he used to. If his first option wasn't open, so he's getting hit more in the pocket. Again, I don't think there's a lot of run design plays for him this year. That's the one missing element from this offense that's not as fearful as it was a year ago. His offensive numbers clearly have gone up. Okay? No question. That's because of the volume of... And and here, there's only one number that's the most important number. You know what that is? His completion percentage to me. If his volume of passes were going up and his accuracy was going down, you know he's he's not a, he's not a passer. But if you're still hanging there, completing seven of, seven of every ten, he's still right there, and he's actually getting better because you know why? More volume usually brings what the percentage is down. Instead, it's hanging in there, actually growing from a year ago, which is spectacular. I heard, I heard Tone say something about Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got 11 picks. Hertz has got eight. But the difference is, is that Hertz is doing this now. From that beginning to where he is now, those turnovers are coming down as you get to the middle of the season. That's so what you want. This is what you have with Allen. Allen, he, it's the worst. He has Carson Wentz turnovers. They are at the worst possible times in the game, okay? He'll do this, third and seven, he'll complete it. Then second and four, INT, okay? I would like to think Hertz has gotten a bit better in handling the blitz. I do too. No, I think he has too. Remember, there's a higher volume of passes now. So there's more rushes on the quarterback. All the coaches Hertz has faced in 2023 has been what Spags did to Hertz and tried to rep. That's right. Blitz him. Keep bringing. Hey, I, I got to tell you guys something. Tom Brady struggled in many games in his career if they couldn't pick up blitzing. And I'm not talking about perimeter blitzing. I'm talking about between the guard and center and internal blitzing. What was the one way? Don't make him get the ability to step into the pocket. Brady, when he put that front foot down in the pocket, it was over. But if you moved him off his point, slid him left, and you brought pressure, you could get to Brady. Okay? The accuracy right now, in my opinion, is why teams are still a little fearful on bringing too much pressure. To Jalen Hurts, because again, one, one thing you look at with CJ Stroud's numbers, he's having a great year. 61%. Okay. 
You know, you want to be around in today's NFL around 66. And you don't want to have a quarterback below that. 61? That's not really the best. Which means he's apt to make... Again, he's young. He's new. There's more volume of passes for him. There's not quite the talent he had like the Marvin Harrison Juniors when he was at Ohio State. Even though this kid, Nick Collins, is great. He's not Marvin Harrison Jr. And then 18 other guys they have that are going to be first-rounders. So that number's going to be down because of the amount of personnel he has or lack thereof. Brett Favre threw an insane amount of INTs. Josh Allen is Brett Favre. You could see five touchdowns and three picks in a game with Favre the same way you could see uh, Josh Allen have the same. He is Brett Favre. He'll make sensational plays. 71%. I think he's one of the leaders in the league in completion percentage. But he's going to throw it to you. Same as Favre. What's funny is, is that Favre will be looked at by Packer fans 20 years from now in a higher light than Rodgers. But Rodgers was the better player. You know what? Hey, what, what makes Brett Favre so insane? Brett Favre, when he retired, had the most touchdown passes in NFL history. When Brett Favre retired, he also had the most interceptions of anybody in NFL history. I mean, two NFC championships and a Super Bowl. You learn to live with it. Won 12 games every year up there. Josh Allen's Brett Favre. Hey, by the way, I'm going to make a point to you here in a second, too, about your 8-1 and one record because we brought the quarterbacks up. You don't really believe you'd be 8-1 and one in the AFC, do you? I don't. I think you'd be somewhere around six and three, like everyone else. You're not playing Sam Howell. Oh, and for the record, on Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy needs a job. I'm sold. Congratulations, Eric. You need to be a head football coach. That guy's leading the league in passing yards. He's on pace for 30 TDs. What? What's the number? What did I write down here? He's on pace for 47-31, 91-5, 29 touchdowns and 15 picks, 66-5. Right now he's got 27-83. You can't tell me that's not a direct result of what Eric Bieniemy is doing with him. Congratulations to you, Eric. Everyone should be ashamed of themselves for not wanting this guy to be promoted more. Everybody in the media needs to be doing their job better. This guy has been held back because of his past. And his color. That's a shame. His impact on Sam Howell is insane. If Brett Favre and Carson Wentz had a baby, it would be Josh Allen. I'll take Josh Allen any day. He needs better coaching around him. And that includes the head coach. Hey, I'll tell you what. Quite frankly, I think a little loss of Eric Bannemi in Kansas City has brought those numbers down a tad bit. It's okay. Again, you know, I, I love that conversation because, again, you guys have a dual threat guy. Congratulations to you. He's a successful guy. I'm still going to maintain to this day, I don't build my team around that. 
I'm just not going to build my team around Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. I'm not. They're, they're just, I'm not doing that. I want to win Super Bowls from the pocket. And Jalen's attempting that this year. He's attempting it. Actually, he's kind of like trying to change his entire game from dual threat to a pocket guy. Okay? Dude, have at it. We'll see if he lasts the season this year. I hope, hey, I'm praying for him. I don't want him to cover Marcus Mariota. He beat the Chargers would be insane. Eric Bieniemy working with Justin Herbert. Wow. That's a great call, Dirty D. Wow. Eric Bieniemy with Justin Herbert would be absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Eric Bieniemy to Buffalo would be insane. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I hire him and I fire McDermott's ass. Hey, you got to get that guy out of D.C., okay? I think the commanders are going to name him head coach, and I think he's going to have three opportunities to five opportunities to be a head coach somewhere. He has done marvelous work with Sam Howe. Sam Howe is the passing leader in the NFL at the halfway mark. That is unbelievable. That is absolutely unbelievable. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to do something here. And I know, man, you guys are you guys are going to totally hate this, but this is my this would be my take on how I, if I had a Is this one of the topics here? Yeah, I'm going to do that last. I'll do that. I'll do that here in a minute. Okay, let me let me ask you guys something here. We're nine games into the season. How many people believe the Eagles are going to get better? Or hey, here, how many people believe that the Eagles haven't played their best ball yet? Steve goes, they'll get better. You think they get better? How many people believe that the Eagles will get better? Okay. What if you look at them and this is who they are? How do you know that this is not who they are? So what you're saying is you think they're going to get better. I'm telling you who you are. This is who you are. You, remember at the beginning of the year, you guys kept telling me, well, it's early in the season. It's early in the season. Now you're saying we're going to get better. How do you know this? What gives you that, te- what gives you that tendency that you're going to get better? What I do believe is going to happen is I think you're going to clean up some things which will make you better. I don't believe you're going to turn the ball over as much as you did in the first half. Jalen Hurts is nearly identical numbers as Mahomes 18. Hey, I would say this to you. Okay, then you take you take Jalen, I'll take Mahomes. 
I believe they will because of experience. Okay. Okay. But you don't really have a lot of experience on defense. Okay. Has identical numbers to Mahomes. Okay. Well, we're going to put that to the test Monday night. Are we not? We're going to put that to the test Monday night. And remember something about Mahomes. Before you start comparing Jalen Hurts to Mahomes, win something. Then make that comparison. You can compare Hurts to anybody else in the league, but him, you can't. I'm going to compare. The only thing you can compare to Patrick Mahomes is numbers because you can't compare to accomplishments. There's nothing he's done that's remotely close to that, nor has any other 31 other quarterbacks. Okay? So when you start talking about Mahomes and Hurts, I back up that a little. You can't back it up with anything. He backs it up with Super Bowl trophies, and you back it up with 23 and something. And MVPs. So you want to compare them to everyone else? That's fine. You should. But to him? <laughs> Give me a break. He missed the ring by three points. Gee, pretty tough, huh? Yeah, I know. That's always a loser's comment. Yeah, you know, I almost won it. You sound like cowboy guy. You know, we, we almost beat the Eagles. We hung right in there. We hung right in there. Stats are identical in 2023. Every year is a new year. Hertz has played better as a quarterback. You hear that? He's played better than Mahomes as a quarterback. And he has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And he has Dick. <laughs> Once again, you're going to go into the game with the more talented offense. Except the play caller and the quarterback. And the tight end. Same shit you had nine months ago. Let's see if you close the gap. I don't think you have. I don't think you have because your defense is worse. But I think the wide receiving core in Kansas City is worse. Once again, I'll ask you here. They're eight and one. Great job. Okay. And I don't think they're going to play any better. But what I do believe, they're going to clean things up. That will make them better. But as playing, you don't have the talent on defense to get better. You don't. Your secondary is not going to get any better. It's wishful thinking. Your linebackers are who they are because follow the money. They're not gifted guys. They're stabilizing guys. And this is who you are. The quarterback is going to, hey, at the end of the day, the quarterback, it's on him to win. This is on Jalen Hurts. Your defense is not as good. So what? We don't have good secondary. So what? Great elite guys win in spite of. 
like Mahomes did nine months ago. They win in spite of a deficiency. That's why people are really raving at this kid, Josh Dobbs, and what he's doing up in Minnesota. There's no Justin Jefferson up there. I mean, the kid Addison's really good. And to see what he's doing by carrying a football team on his back, he just got the playbook 19 minutes ago. And to see him winning games like that is remarkable. I'm rooting for that kid. Okay? Okay? Everything went right for the Chiefs. You were the better team, though, Keon. You had the healthier team. You had the more talented team. You had more pro bowlers. How come you didn't beat them? You had the better O-line. You had the better D-line. You had the better corners. How come you didn't beat them? <laughs> Keon. <laughs> hey, Tony, I'm going to keep that between us. Keon, they soaked the field. <laughs> it's a good one, Keon. Oh, Al Davis trick. They went out there and soaked the field. Okay. <laughs> Gan is full. There you go. Hey, you know what? Hey, Eagle Rock, I'm not going to dis- disagree with you on that. I'm not, you know, he had, he had, he had a, like a dinner date with a real estate agent over in Scottsdale, you know, looking at that $10 million. Hey man. So like, you think he bought that $10 million house just on a, like over the, over the web. Like he looked it up right when he got the job, him and his wife were like in Philly going, Hey, look at this spread. I mean, you would think that if somebody bought something for $10 million, you'd probably been looking at it for a little bit. No. On your dime. You got a Super Bowl this week. Shit, I got a $10 million house I got to buy. Yeah, but what about Andy Reid and Mahomes? Fuck that. I got a $10 million house. Thank you, Eagle fans. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Tone's about ready to go, you mother. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Trexel, look at this. Are you saying that field was in good shape? I'm saying the Chiefs played on a shitty field, too. Look at this guy. So he must have rolled it out. Here, you want to, you want to embarrass this guy here? Yeah, it, we played on a horrible field. <laughs> so did the Chiefs. But I guess it didn't stick for them. <laughs> oh, by the way, six. The game just ended. That means the Chiefs just stopped scoring. No <laughs> oh, man. I think the way the Eagles get better, I think the way that Jalen Hurts has cleaned up his interceptions and turnovers, I think has been instrumental. And you know what he does too that I really like in these big games like the Kansas City game on Monday? I think he knows it's going to be a priority. No turnovers. KC can't have any turnovers either. KC has two turnovers versus the Eagles. That could be a rough night for them. Dude, I think it's the run game, turnovers, You know where you've improved the most on your team this year? Your special teams. 
I don't think you're going to put yourself in a bind in special teams in that game Monday night like you did in the Super Bowl. Can you? That game was so close. Two awful special teams plays cost you field position that potentially could have led to being part of the process and why you lost that game. That's how close it is between you two. We are using the same logic you use to change your opinion each week. Thanks, Prince. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for the four ninety nine, whatever that meant. No, no understanding. Every week, once again, see what Prince and you guys think when you make a comment on week three about the league and teams in the league. You think that holds in week nine? It doesn't. It doesn't. You think if you make a comment in week two about the teams in the NFL and about, hey, if we were judging Jalen Hurts in week two, in week nine, we'd be saying he sucks today, right? Do you really want me to do that? Or the game of the Jets where he had three interceptions. Do you want me to hold him to that? Or do you want me to say this? He's gotten better the whole like last couple games here. Guys are dumb as rocks sometimes. It, it's just, but you know what? Get me? Nobody gets me. I don't really care that much when people say they get me. Again, you, 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 you're overestimating yourselves. So are you saying we lose to KC? Look, yes. Is, is that you saying, Joe Ho? Are you, are you answering for me? Is that what that is? Joe Ho? What? Look at this guy. He goes like this. What seals eat crow if the Eagles win? Eat crow? If you win that game on Monday, you know what you get? The reigning heavyweight champion is Kansas City. And until you put the championship belt around your waist, you're a bridesmaid. You beat Kansas City Monday? You think that makes you the best team in the league? Or is that that midseason Cowboy Award? There ain't no best teams in the league right now. You want to be fair? It's like a pony race. All right? It's great conversation for sports talk. Who's the best team in the league? Really? Wake me up in February. I'll let you know. When that person's handing a particular owner the Lombardi trophy, I'll let you know then. But in theory, there is no best team. This is a race, and you're in the middle of the race. Now, if you want to say this to me, who's leading the race? I'm there. I'm there. Who's leading the race? Chiefs don't scare me. Well, your secondary doesn't either. Do you know that, what was that thing I saw online that Jacob put out there? What was the QBR rating? Or no, what was the completion percentage that quarterbacks this year are completing against the Eagles? 78%, something like that. Was that what that was that James put up there? Like 70-something percent? 
quarterbacks completion percentage this year combined have completed against your team, which means this almost out of every 10 passes, eight passes are being completed against you, which means you're losing first down. Think about that. It's some number like in the mid seventies or like, like, like high seventies. I I forget what that number was, but quarterbacks, and you really haven't played anybody, but Dak, I mean, Sam, Howell, <laughs> he may turn out to be the next Joe Theismann, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We shall. All right. Tone will join us at the bottom of the hour. Got a big ball game tonight. Oh, yes. Don't forget, our good friends at Hooters are giving you an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates. All you have to do is put down that code word that Tone will be putting up through the entire program. I love that. He comes up. He gets me every week. This guy's, he gets me every week. Paper champ 81. Very good. Okay. So if you do that and then you send us an email at dancilioshow at gmail, you will get an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates and you may hear your name called on Monday. And that's when we announce our winners. We run the program from Tuesday through Friday throughout the show. You hear your name called on a football Monday and you may win yourself some great opportunities at winning yourself some merchandise and also some chances at some gift certificates. Happy Wings Giving from Hooters as well during this month. You get an opportunity to understand the specials that we have throughout the entire month. The Hooter Girls want you to know that it's been such a Grand Slam year for everyone from Rhode Island all the way through Jersey, down through King of Prussia, putting a special on each and every single day. Ice Cold Coors Light drafts, $2.99, $0.25 on every purchase. Goes to local charities, northeasttutors.com. Check out some of the specials. Seafood Sunday, half price. I mean, you'll love it. Try the buffalo shrimp. I love it. Military Monday. You love that. That's 20% off to our great men and women who have served our country. Northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And when you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. 
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. stuff to hit on wow tone will join us the segment at the bottom of the hour so i saw the comments that carson wentz made uh the nfl is humbling thankful for the opportunity and thankful for the opportunity to help in any way like a pr rep wrote that here's the one thing you got to say about certain athletes Hey, Carson, you ain't that talented enough for your bullshit to overplay that. You ain't Kyrie Irving. Okay? You could be a knucklehead, think the world's flat, be a complete complete fruit loop. But if you have the talent that Kyrie Irving has, that's going to overcome all of that because at the end of the day, teams are going to go, yeah, but that guy is unbelievable. That guy's head may be flat. But that guy can play. And he's one of the top number two guys in the NBA. And I'm going to put up with that bullshit. He's not that talented for his bullshit to override that. If you've got super unbelievable, insane talent like Aaron Rodgers, and you're quirky and nerdy, and you hang out at pot conventions, you go into caves, you say dumb shit, and you are a four-time MVP, you're going to overcome that. Yeah, but he's awful good. (laughs) Hey, okay, Kyrie is one of the worst teammates on the planet. He's a locker room cancer, but he'll always have a job in the NBA. Why? Because he's just that good. Hey, when you can only play two games for Coach K or one game for Coach K, 
and get drafted in the first round, whatever pick he was, and you're the greatest player Coach K's ever coached outside of Grand Hill, you're going to have a lot of autonomy. No matter what kind of Fruit Loop you are. Now, how many of those guys are there? Not a lot. Always remember, the Jimmy Johnson sliding scale, is his bullshit worth it? Most of the time, the scale falls down. But when you're Kyrie Irving or you're Aaron Rodgers or you're one of them guys, that scale never tilts against you. Shit, he's too good. How many times you see guys get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth? What was that guy's name, the guy Chandler Jones, that pass rusher? How many times did he get suspended by the NFL? Seven? I, I, I lost count after four. Okay? I mean, how many times did he get suspended by the league? Damn, he could rush the passer. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Adrian Peterson took a switch to his kid. Shit, bad behavior. No good. Yeah, but I'll take him. Carson Wentz, your talent is not good enough to overcome your locker room and your attitude towards people. The problem is now, when he says words like those, you don't believe him. He's got to apply them now to show that he'll play any role. Like, he's got to run water out during commercial breaks to his offense for people to start believing it. You know, you run out there with the Gatorade water bottles. You got to walk out there with those things because no one believes it right now, kid. No one believes it. I saw the Sirianni press conference today. Not bad. By the way, you know what I love about what they're doing with Nick? He don't get a lot of time out there. And I'm not, I'm, that was like the first time I saw that. So I don't know if the Wednesday press conference is like, like one that lasts a long time. I think it was like, what, 30 minutes? So I watched it. And he was asked a question about Dallas Goddard. And I was interested to hear that he said that, listen, you can't replace a guy like Goddard. So they're going to do shit by committee. Okay. So they're going to do stuff by committee. Um, what's that mean? Are they going to Julio Jones, Swift? Does that mean more Devontae? Are they going to change shit up? Okay. Who's coming up with these new schemes? Nick? Brian, do you have enough skill on that side of the ball to come up with a game plan that you're going to be able to be creative? You think there's a lot of creative play calling going on this year on the offensive side that you trust um, the coaches in that building to come up with a game plan to try to combat the loss of Goddard, that they're going to be creative? Hell, the offense right now is one of the most vanilla offenses on the planet. I saw a jet sweep two weeks ago. I couldn't believe it. This is going to be quite a test here because that's kind of what he said. That they got to kind of come up with ideas and other things. So you're going to start doing new shit against the Chiefs and against Steve Spagnola. 
boy, I don't know. Don't you want to kind of keep things as simple as possible right now? You really want to try to confuse yourself? You're going to be trying new shit against the Chiefs? Wow. I'm not sure that's good. I don't know. I I, I got to think about that more. Because you're just getting your footing now in your play calling. Are you really what what so what what are you going to do to try to combat the loss of Goddard? Okay, are you going to put another offensive tackle in there when it comes to the run and become more predictable? Are you going to put Swift in the slot? Are you going to run more? Are you going to put Julio Jones in the slot? Honest question, having Goddard is great, but do you think losing Goddard throws a curveball into the Chiefs' defensive game plan, which may work to the Eagles' favor? Um, I think what it does is it makes it more obvious that they're going to throw more targets to A.J. Brown because that's what they've done all year. Dallas Goddard hasn't been a target. It's picked up the last couple weeks. But now it goes back into being more predictable again, like you were at the beginning of the season. I mean, Goddard complained after week two or something like that, didn't he, about his position in the passing game? Now it has picked up prior to his injury. But it's not like he's been, like, he complained out of his own mouth. It's picked up. I'm not saying it had. That's why, listen, personally, the last month and a half in the passing game, I think the passing game is, is is going like this. I don't think it's going like this, but I do think it's going like this. It's not like the Bills. Here's the Bills. Dude, I'm seasick on that. You can't win championships with rough waters. Level, cool, winning, up. You want to be clear. Dude, can I tell you what I think the number one thing that the Eagles just have to do? I don't think you're going to play any better than who you are right now. But I do think you get better by cleaning it up. Clean it up. If you clean it up, there's not a team in the league you can't beat. There's not a team in the league you can't beat. You just got to clean it up. Here, here, here's two things that have killed you. Turnovers and lack thereof. Isn't that really NFL football? or football in general, don't turn it over, get turnovers. That's what you've done this year. You've turned it over, and you don't have any turnovers. Hey, you could give up 900 yards a game, but if you have eight turnovers and 32 sacks, you're going to win. Okay? Hey, Three five seven. Look at Prince said that that makes no sense. What I just said: don't turn the ball over and get more turnovers. It's how you win games. Only to a guy like that 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 doesn't make sense to. Because the one thing I know about Prince, he has no sense. <laughs> oh, good dude. Um, yeah. Last year you were. You were making turnovers for yourself. Shit, you had a guy lead the NFL in interceptions, co-leader. Gardner Johnson, right? This year, your quarterback's got 11. 
By the way, no doubt, I know some of you like to read half the book or a third of the book or whatever in the book, but it's the whole season you got to look at. Like Nick said today, unlike you guys, where you look at only four games, he's playing great, and you're like, yeah, okay. We're going to witness the Hurts legacy Monday night. No more debate. Fish thinks that if you beat Mahomes Monday, there's no more debate. <laughs> mm. Really? If he beats Mahomes, it's the ultimate prize. There's no more debate. Debate what? I'm not even going to say it. Man, it's embarrassing. I would never want you in my locker room. If we beat Mahomes Monday night, means to me one step closer. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't end anything. Jesus, criminy. <laughs> you guys will settle. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I'm not, I'm not going to say it because the end of the day, if you don't know it, you're a person that I, don't, I, I can't convince to that, and I won't. If you don't know how poor of a comment that was, I'm not going to tell you. Okay? I'm not going to tell you because, to me, Mahomes is already – and again, this goes to that stupid-ass conversation that everybody in Philadelphia has. Is Jalen Hurts elite? Why isn't he considered elite? Why isn't he this and that? Stop debating it. You're elite when people stop talking like that. That's when you're elite. Nobody's walking around talking about Patrick Mahomes. You know what tonight is? That's a fran you – know, you know what tonight is? Tonight's a franchise NFL game. Tonight is an NFL franchise quarterback game. Is it about elite? No. Do you know that the kid in Baltimore has a higher win percentage than Jalen Hurts does? Do you know he's won more games? As a percentage. Yeah, but he's his postseason record. Well, yeah, when you're playing Mahomes and Burrow in the postseason versus um, Daniel Jones and um, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, you're going to lose games. You think winning in the AFC playoffs against those guys is easier than winning against the garbage quarterbacks that are in the NFC? There's garbage quarterbacks in the NFC. And the Eagles have completely taken 1,000% advantage of it. Phenomenal. They should. This is the shit that I talk about. Organizations like the Cowboys not taking it. The Eagles have completely taken advantage of the horrific quarterbacks that are in the NFC the last three years. Two years. Because Brady was in there. I meant from the media, not Eagles Nation. I got, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. No. Can I tell you guys what I heard today? My God Almighty, I heard this and I couldn't wait to tell you. I forgot about it. I should have opened the show with it. 
Michael Irvin and everybody today with Bayless was talking about who over the last five games is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And they were making the pitch that CeeDee Lamb is. And I was like, who in the world would think that CeeDee Lamb is better than A.J. Brown? But delusional, irrational, cowboy and cowboy media honk. I can't believe how many cowboy media honks we have in today's media world. I was floored. I went, do people actually watch the games? They're saying that there's not a better wide receiver because I think he's averaging like 10 catches and 151 or some, some shit like that. And they're going like this. Is there a better wide receiver over the last five weeks than CD Lamb? And I go, dude, yeah, the guy in Philly. The guy in Philly is destroying people. If you're going to tell me, you know what? I'm going to do a topic here in a bit. If you're telling me, Sills, who would you draft right now? Number one, wide was, we should do that one day. Every position. Who would you draft right now? Number one at quarterback, Mahomes. Who would you draft number one at wideout, A.J. Brown? Who would you draft number one at tight end, Kelsey? Who would be your number two wideout? You know, I'm going to do it because he's hurt, but I'm, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Um, who would be your running back? I'm, I'm still going to go Henry. Who would be your top pass rusher? Probably TJ Watt. Oh, no, take it back. Uh, the kid in Cleveland, Miles Garrett. Who'd be your top shutdown corner? Shit, it might be the guy in Denver. I mean, who'd be your number one center? Jason Kelsey. Who'd be your number one left tackle? Trent Williams. Who's your number one right tackle? Lane Johnson. C.D. Lamb? Man, wow. That You know what? First time I felt like Tone and I felt like the rest of you. I couldn't believe how pissed off I was. I was like, wow, you will lie to people like that out loud and say that C.D. Lamb is playing better ball right now than A.J. Brown? Man, let me bring Tone in here now for the segment Hey, man, the way the world turns, Sills, it's the way the world turns. I can't – I listened to like 15 minutes, and Keyshawn Johnson's going like this. You really think that guy is better than A.J. Brown? Because Keyshawn got sense. Keyshawn got sense. He brought his sense from ESPN to Fox Sports, thank God, because, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, like, I, I, out of all the guys that typically talk football, man, he's he's been one of those guys that's been fair to Hurts. You know, he's critiqued them fairly. He's praised them fairly. You know, he, he you know, he discusses the, the, the Eagles fairly, even though he played for the Cowboys and I think he won uh no, he didn't win a bowl with them. He won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay. So, you know, he played for the Cowboys though, towards he the He was end the of number the one overall selection, too, by the way. Right, 
Right. And, you know, it's so funny when he was drafted, he made it very clear what his intentions were. Get it, you know, get in and get out in 10 years. And that was it. And he, he I think he played an additional one in, in uh, Carolina. Yeah. Uh, because Steve Smith convinced him. Yep, Steve yep, Smith yep, got, yep. Smith got hurt. But my point is, though, uh, nonetheless, um, Steve Lamb, he's playing good football. He's playing. He's he, he's productive for his team. He's doing exactly what they but need. But they're to do. playing dogs. But he's, but he's like, you're putting up these numbers against who? Like, like why? That's why, the worst six and three team in the league. Like, I think the Bengals are better than them, and they're what five yes. and four. That's that's just, that's my opinion. You know what I mean? I think Jamar Chase is better than CD Lamb. Who's the best team in Texas? Man, I, you know what you know what's so funny. I think C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback than uh, Dak Prescott right now. I do, too. But nobody want to talk about that, though, because he's a rookie. <laughs> hey, I man, bet you, I don't know, I bet, man. You I know bet you if you, ask, if you ask Cowboys fans today, if you had to have C.J. Stroud or Dak Prescott, who would you have? I'll I bet you they'll, 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 they'll throw Dak Prescott to the damn wolves and make sure it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking uh, it's a stamp on his head. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they'll send his hey, head flying. He absolutely – hey, I went back and watched that Super Bowl. And by the way, I heard Nick today, and I, I listened to his uh, press conference. I thought it was really good. Okay, good, because I didn't get a chance to hear it because, you know, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm a producer, was, so I didn't get a chance to hear it. They didn't go crazy. Okay. He said a lot of self-evaluation that they did over the last couple days here when it came to everything that they were doing. He goes, the number one priority for us was to look at what we're doing, where we're going. I love the fact that kind of what we echoed yesterday, they've been doing exactly what I've been preparing our show each and every single day. Like I've now looked at the you. last two games. They've looked at the last year that they've played so far and then some similar matchups. They looked at Washington, like I said they would yesterday and they did. And he goes, yeah, we looked at everything they did. And someone goes, does it bug you to go back and have to watch the Super Bowl? He's like, no, that's old news now. I mean, this is about getting better now. And so one of the questions was, how are they going to um, how are they going to counter the loss of Dallas Goddard? And he said, we're going to do it by committee. Now, my question would be, what does that entail? Does that mean Swift in the slot? Julio Jones may be in the slot. And he also said this, we're going to have to come up with ways to counter that loss. So are we going to see new play designs? Are they going to try new things? Was that just smoke, smoke and mirrors there that they were throwing that out for Andy and Spags to have to think about? Because remember, the misinformation right now is also part of that when it comes to preparing for Monday night's game. You don't want to give too much going on. How do you think they're? How do you think he's going to handle that? Because I thought it was an interesting comment today. It's so funny you say that because I wanted to ask you, based off everything you heard, like, what do you think this game? What means? do I believe? Yeah, yeah. Well, not just what you believe, but also because because you, you normally never like his press conferences at all. But for the first time, there was something different about him, right? There was a the, yeah. The, no. The, By the way, the PR guys go one more question. Then they pulled him off, and to me, I think he answered like it was more vanilla today than I've ever heard him be vanilla. Do you th so? I'm, you know, I'm, I, I want to answer your question. I, I want to answer your question for sure. But also, like, do you think post bye week now they're flipping the switch there in playoff mode? Like, do you think that's do you think that's the 
that's the mantra. That's the dogma. You know what I mean? That's where they are right now. You, you, I do think you think what you're trying to the do switch? Is keep your emotions down for Monday night, and they don't want to get overplayed mm. right now on a Wednesday, and they're keeping as much as they possibly can um, in their emotions because what you don't want to do, Tone, is get so amped up on – why would you get amped up on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? I need you amped up on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So what you got to do is build this thing up. Keep your head level-headed. Get your studying done. Get your game plan in your trend book. Look at all the plays that they like to do. Look at what they've been doing. Go back to the last two games that they played against us nine months ago. Same personnel, same coaching staff. There's really not a lot of different things going on. Maybe some nuances with Matt Nagy instead of Eric Bieniemy. But wow. I mean, this is really going to be close on Monday. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I. I, I can't wait to listen to the press conference because I, I definitely want to get a feel for, you know, what you felt. Uh, but, you know, I think I think going into this matchup, they understand that, you know, we we're, it's time to flip a switch. Now, you know, we, we we've gotten all our lumps and bumps and bruises in the first half of the season. Thank God we're eight and one. And we did everything we you know, we did, everything we could to win those games. You know, we you know, we, we had some ups. We had some downs. Uh, we didn't necessarily play our best football. We, we weren't as clean as we would like to be. I think they spent, uh, you know, you know, outside of just getting healthy. I think they spent this bye week really, really trying to iron out the wrinkles. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you said, no, I, I think you know, I, I, I agree. don't think, I don't think they're going to get uh, better personnel wise. I agree. I do, that's I do think that's what this. I'm supposed to say. I don't they're think they're going to clean it up. Yes, which I don't is think make them better. better. And you know? the other component to this is they're going to get healthier with Reddick. Right. And to me, Reddick right now is Reddick second half of the season yes. and, and that's you know, the two areas they're gonna really mightily improve in did you know at this point going forward at the at the eight and one mark and beyond last year reddick put up ten and a half sacks over that span that's insane that's, that's insane so um i t- i tend to lean more towards what you're saying when you look at the roster and the talent the talent is what it is right they are who they are it's from, clean from it a, up from a talent perspective What's been what's been stopping the Eagles hasn't been a talent issue. It's been uh, an attention mistakes. to detail issue, mistakes, um, being out of position, um, in pass defense, communication. Two there, things, Tone: offensive turnovers, lack of defensive turnovers. Exactly. I think they're going to spend most. I think as from a per, from a personnel and talent standpoint, they are who they are. Now they need to clean it up. Because because the first half of the season hasn't been necessarily clean, it's made their talent look like it made it's made their talent look like it's a weakness. But in reality, it's not the talent; it's the mistakes, it's the lack of attention to detail, being out of position, you know, you know, uh, you know, being in the wrong gaps and not communicating properly. I think from this point forward, all those things are going to be buttoned up, and I think these guys and are improving more them right better. now. Yes, yes, and that will naturally make you better. Again, we have been saying all the time. Yeah, they're winning. Yeah, the stats are the stats are great. You know, you know, you know. If you look at the Eagles' offensive numbers, you'll say, okay, like if they're on par for last year, what's the what's the problem? It's the turnovers, right? It's the lack of red zone. It's the lack of consistent red zone efficiency. Now, over the past few games, they've gotten close to cleaning that up, right? Only yep. one interception over the yep. past. It's getting better. Week. It's getting better. I think they spent a lot of time over this over this bye week, especially coaches looking at that film and saying, okay. What have we not been doing? What are we? What have we been doing too much of? Have we been too tight? Have we been kind of wearing this Super Bowl hangover and doing the best we can to kind of battle that? I think from this point forward, they play free. They understand that it's playoff mode now. 
attention to detail must be at an all time high. That's that I think the focus, you know, when you say they kick it into playoff mode, I think the focus enhances more because mm. you don't have margin of error right now more than you did. And you were working through things in the first half of the season. Now you're in a battle right now for, and, and by the way, you're only a game up on a team for home field. Okay. Right. It's not like you're the Cowboys are not your focus. The next team behind you is your focus. Whoever that is, you've Blind. only got a one game lead for home, home field advantage. And over these next five, that could go to anybody now. And if you come through at four and one, I say 95% chance you're going to host a home field and you're going to have the NFC championship run through Philadelphia. And if that happens, what has happened every time that the Philadelphia Eagles outside of that Tampa disaster back in the day, was, what, what, what does that mean? That means, means that you're going to the Super Bowl. Okay. If you get home field, remember this, that right there gets you home. If you host the NFC championship game, let me throw this at you here. I went back and watched the Super Bowl. Yeah. They did a ton of blitzing um, in that Super Bowl, and they had a lot of internal blitzing. And Spags did, has done a lot of blitzing this year as well. How do you think Jalen Hurts has handled? Because I've always thought that that was one of the weaker parts of his game, has been internal blitzes. How do you think he's done, especially with the higher volume of passes this year, when it comes to pick up and blitzing and a blitzer. I think he's, I think he's done much better. And the reason I say that is because you, in, it, it's, it's something you said earlier, right? The fact of the matter is they're throwing the ball more this year, yet he's, yet he's more accurate. And, you know, when you're in the Super Bowl and, you know, when, when you're at the top of the mountain, everyone's watching you. Everyone's trying to figure out how to beat you. You know, when, 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 when teams came, when teams were prepping for the season, they weren't saying, how can we beat the Lions? How can we beat the Cowboys? There were two teams that everybody was saying. They were saying, how can we beat the Chiefs? And how can we beat the Eagles? Any team that you played this year has been overanalyzing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' weaknesses. They've been overanalyzing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' weaknesses. They've been trying to apply it in every single matchup. When it comes to Jalen Hurts specifically, his weakness has been the blitz historically. But this year... I felt like he's been doing a pretty decent job navigating the blitz. Now, has he got hit more? Has he got hit more? Yes, he has. This is a higher volume. But you know, I you know I I I, I, watched, <laughs> I watched this YouTube channel called the uh, called the QB School. I forget my guy's name. He does an amazing job, but he breaks down Jalen Hurts' film. Um, you know, almost every other week, he breaks down all guys across the NFL. He's not really an Eagles guy, but he just breaks down different quarterbacks. So that's that's his specialty. And the one consistent thing you you've been seeing from Jalen Hurts week after week after week is him standing in the pocket tall and regardless of if the hit is coming he delivers the pass where it needs to be and i think those are the signs of a guy who's not only developing as a quarterback but developing as a, as a guy that can win from the pocket some of the best quarterbacks in his league that you got to be fearless back there you got to stand tall and, you, and and strike no matter if somebody in your face Jalen hurts has had so many throws this year where he's gotten hit smack dab in the chest and he delivered the strike either for a touchdown or a first down, whatever it may be, a big third net conversion. I think he's done an amazing job dealing with that. And like again, like you said, the fact that the accuracy is going up. Now, of course, you throw the ball more, more interceptions happen. He's had a lot of tip ball interceptions, so on and so forth, but he's still thrown eight. The reality I don't is, think eight's high with the high volume. 
Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. All things considered, eight is not really a high number when you think about the rest of the NFL. He's going to throw the ball this year for over 600 attempts, Tone. Yeah, you know, it's 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 really Last not a high year, number. 465, 438, something like that. He's going to throw the ball 150 times more this year than he did exactly. a year ago. Exactly. How would you so, not think you're not going to have any more turnovers and higher? I don't believe he's going to have 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe he'll, he'll have 15 either. I don't think that's going to be that number. Yeah, but as far as interceptions go, I mean, let's let's really go through it, right? And again, like I agree, interceptions aren't the end all be all in this league. Um, because I said this earlier on Sports Take, um, all interceptions are not created equal. All turnovers are not created equal. You know, it's all about when it happened. Can you overcome it? Um, was it a crucial down? Was it a crucial drive that you needed a score? You know, all interceptions aren't created equal. If you throw an interception in the first quarter, okay, whatever. You still got three quarters left to play. Um, but if you throw an interception. Fourth quarter, three minutes left. Got to have it drive. Those can't happen. And that's the difference right there with Jalen Hurts. Um, I think he's only thrown one interception this year that's really cost him something, and that was in the Jets game. Um, but other than that, you throw the ball more, more interceptions are going to happen. And I and to answer your question directly, again, I think he I think he's done a pretty good job responding to the internal blitz. Here, here, here's something else when I look at interceptions. I look at interceptions like in baseball with strikeouts. Mm, very good comparison. Okay, because to me, Mike Trout strikes out 200 times a year, but hits 315 and 42 homers and 135 RBIs. What do you want? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I want the production. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. You know, the walk of shame back in the day, Tone, was something that they cared about more. Today, they care about runs, RBIs, you know, and I, and I right. do agree with you on the, like, look at, like the interceptions that Josh Allen has thrown this year versus Jalen Hurts, they're almost at the same number. But why right. do I look at Allen and go, holy shit, this guy throws in a triple coverage. Hertz never does that, but once maybe. And you're like this. He just does not see the game. Or, or how about this? His ego is so high about his arm, like you say about that love of the arm, that he believes he could thread that thing through um, a toothpaste holder. I mean, he just thinks he can get that thing in there and – Hoss, you just can't. I got another one for you. Yeah, and real, uh, real quick about Allen. His interceptions wouldn't bother me if they weren't costly. If costly. they weren't like they, they're fumbles. just costly. And yeah, fumbles. yeah. But even, but even then, right? They wouldn't really bother me if they weren't costly. They. It just seems like they weigh like like his interceptions weigh like a brick. They're just so heavy sometimes, and it, it, it's not his. It's not, it's not his talent. It's just he. He has to be more timely, man. Throw him in the first quarter. Shit, man. Don't throw him in the fourth. <laughs> You're dead on with this. Um, Spags plays press. Yeah, he does. He played yeah, he press does. in the Super Bowl. The guys had good games. Okay? But here's the difference here, Tone. I looked it up, too, because I wanted to be accurate on this. There were 10 designed run plays in the first half of that Super Bowl that were designed run plays that netted 52 yards, 5.2 yards a carry. They're not doing that this year. Do you think they're going to go back to that formula Monday where there's going to be this? Would you put design runs back in? Because he was awful successful. When you do that, those corners have to be cognizant and the ends have to be cognizant of setting the edge because why? You know, the last couple of weeks, he's not trying to break the perimeter. He has a few times, but in that Super Bowl, 
they designed 10 plays that were designed runs from the get-go. You think they go back to that formula? Um, I don't think they're going to have as many design runs um, just going forward for the rest of the season. I'm not saying it's not going to be at all used, but I think they need that to That was utilize. a big part of the offense in the Super Bowl. No, it, it was. It was. But I, I'm also I, I need to see how healthy he is. You know what I mean? I need like at least, I need to see that first that first job is gonna tell me a lot. Um, it's so hard for me to just fully commit to the design runs because I'm not a fan of them as of right now because they haven't really been successful um throughout this season. Uh I would like for them to mix in the RPOs again. Uh they 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 haven't run as many RPOs this year as they normally would in the past. Um, I think with uh, a defense like the Chiefs that plays so fast, they play downhill. They're very instinctual, very physical at the line of scrimmage. I want to take advantage of that. Uh, I want to take advantage of that. I want to get the RPO game going. I want to get them to overcommit. You know, I want to. I want to make. I, I want to force them to make decisions. Um, I think. I think that's what needs to get utilized more than any, uh, more than anything. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't use it at all, but I need to at least see. How that first drive looks. How healthy is he? That's what I'm concerned about because we talk about it all the time. I'm trying to prove you wrong, so I want my man to play 17 games this year. So, <laughs> so, um, so I need to make sure he's. Uh, I need to make sure he's healthy, man. Uh, that's that's my main concern. But at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to see. It's, it's it's all about spots, right? Perfect example in that Cowboys game, third quarter, first drive after he tweaked the knee. You know what Sirianni and those guys did? They ran a they ran an RPO quarterback design run. He broke Michael Parsons' ankles, made him made him touch earth, and then he broke for like an eight, nine-yard run. You know what I mean? So it's about time. It's about being timely. I don't want them to fall in love with that. I don't want to see it in the red zone. I'll tell you that much. I don't want to see it in the red zone because teams are expecting it at this point. Um, I, I would love to see Jalen Hurts throw the ball more in the red zone. I went back and watched the Bronco game and what they did to Mahomes. And it seems to me that Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator up there, they herded him to his weak side passing arm, which means that instead of him rolling right, they pushed him left. And they gave him, and they managed half the field and let him have to make plays in smaller windows. So they limited his options. They limited space. They Mm. didn't give him the whole wide open field. And just playing off the ball, they kind of herded him left, okay, to one hash mark. What happens? Just like at the back of the end zone, Tone, you have limited passing lanes, limited space, limited development and passing routes. That's how they kept him um, in check in that game for them to be able to beat him. Now, it was in Denver. That's a whole different animal up there, too, when you're playing up there in Denver, so – that's also part of it, but they're in the division. They know that, so they've gone up. That's really not that much of an excuse for KC. Right. But I thought they really did a great job of just not doing this, dropping back or playing what the Eagles like to play, that zone coverage, and doing it. They kind of maneuver. They made him have to make plays from one side of the field. It wasn't so much they got home. It was more to the point where they only limited him to half the field. Okay. That's to me, don't give him a full open space to have those gigantic passing lanes because what he likes to do, he has a little Roethlisberger in him. What I loved with Ben, Ben wasn't a guy that was going to run up the field and get you a ton of yards, but you know what he did? He moved guys over like this. He moved guys around with his head 
and he created these passing lanes. Mahomes does that with ability and athleticism, and he can do that on the run. My fear is, is that he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers was younger. I think he's deadlier in open space and in the open field behind the line of scrimmage. Because why? Those passing lanes, you don't know where the wideouts are. They come back home again. I think you got to keep him the one side and kind of herd the kid because if you allow him to move around back there like that, with that secondary, the way it's playing, and the philosophy of playing off the ball, he can have a really big game with really marginal guys. No, no, you bring up a very good point. Um, one thing the Philadelphia Eagles haven't really done well, at least the DBs, is they haven't really done well with the off-script stuff. Yeah, right? that, you know, and you know, that's what he's excellent at. Right. You know, whenever a quarterback gets out, of, you know, is running for his life, so to speak, and the receivers pretty much have to, you know, I guess, like you said, get back home or find a way to get open. Um, the Eagles defense has kind of struggled with that. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it kind of begs the question, you know, should the pass rush have got home by now or um, is that something that would harm any, you know, any DB room? Right. You know, whenever you whenever scramble drill happens, you know, the DB doesn't know which route you're going to run. He doesn't know where you're going to go. So. It does make it hard for those guys. Um, so, so it's going to be so important for the Philadelphia Eagles D-line to get home. They have to get home. They got to make him uncomfortable. I love what you said, though, about hurting him left, um, putting, you know, essentially cutting the field in half and kind of um, limiting the limiting the amount of space that he has to work with. Uh, because a guy like Judge Mahomes, he doesn't get sacked that often. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles, like Judge Mahomes, he's only been sacked. Um, let me make sure I got this number right. He's only been sacked uh, – He's only been sacked 12 times this year through nine games. That's insane great. Through nine games. Think about that. Through nine games. Insane great. He's only been sacked twice. And that guy in Washington has been sacked like 45 times. So, and Jalen Hurts has been sacked 22 times. So, when you think about it from that perspective, that tells you he's getting the ball out efficiently and effectively. And quickly. Yep. Efficiently, effectively, and quickly. And he's also not allowing himself – to be put in a situation where he's going to take sack, take a sack or negative yardage. I, I think as much as we love the Philadelphia Eagles getting sacks, if I was them, I wouldn't necessarily try to pass rush him in the hopes of getting a sack. What like like you said, I want to hurt him. I want to I want to force him to where I want him to be, and then right. Don't right. Because another thing that get another thing that doesn't get force talked his about. Hand. Yes, another thing that doesn't get talked about too much in that Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes broke their back a lot in the running game. He had like the same kind of plays that Hurts would normally do. You know, third, third and long, he'll break your back for 12, 13, 14 yards. Mahomes had a few of those in that game where you thought you had him dead to right to somehow someone he got out and he just broke it for about 20 yards, 15 yards, a backbreaker. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles need to need to find a way to curve their aggression. Heard him like I like what you I really like what you said. Herd him to one part of the field, limit his options, put him somewhere where you want him, and don't allow him to get things done with his legs because he's running more this year. He's running more because he's creating more. Get this. He has to create more for those guys. Those receivers aren't good. Yeah, those receivers aren't good. He's doing whatever he can to create opportunities for those guys. Open passing lanes. That's what I'm talking about. What he's doing is, he get this, he's running more and he's getting less hit. Jalen's passing more and getting hit more. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Right there, it shows you still the development that Hurts has to come through now. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's almost like another stage of his development, right? It's like okay, you know, I think the best thing ever happened to Patrick Mahomes is that Tyree Kill was traded. It forced it, it forced it him forces to forces him to see the game and feel better. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny you say that, right? The the best thing to happen to Mahomes was losing Tyreek. I think the best thing that happened to Hurts was getting AJ because it it fast in my opinion it fast tracked his development as a passer. You know, um, it and allowed five years from now, Tone, that's going to benefit Devontae. Exactly, because like, look, I, I'll be honest. I have no idea how long both of those guys are going to be in his roster. One of them, I'm telling you, one of them isn't going to be here at some point. That, that, that this is my honest belief because money, because the, the money got the money got to go somewhere. Money got to go somewhere. And I just, I have a hard time believing in the long run, both of those guys are going to be here. I just have a hard time believing that. It's hard for teams to keep those guys together. Uh, the Bengals likely will lose T. Higgins in the offseason. So, oh, yeah. You're so not keeping, I not keeping both them guys. So I just have a hard time believing that both of them are going to be here. Like you said, um, losing Tyreek was the best thing to happen to Mahomes. I think getting AJ was the best thing to happen to Hurts. Like I said, it helped fast track his development, um, and, and it also showed you how good he could potentially be and some. So yeah, man, I, I like that game plan for Patrick Mahomes. Force him to one side of the field, hurt him, um, limit his options, um, contain him. Like I said, you're not going to sack him. He's he's only been sacked twelve times this year. You're not going to sack him. But don't let him get out up the don't, field. Don't, don't break containment. Set Do the not edge. Break containment. Gotta set the edge. Yeah. And it's hard for guys like Reddick and Sweat and all those guys because they want to just get you. But you have to be discipline is going to be this might be the game where the Eagles have to be their most disciplined. Would you say so? Yes, sir. I would say also this that both teams are not going to have a lot of sacks in this game. Agreed. There's just not going to be a ton of sacks because if all the numbers that you tell me what he's trending. You're not getting home in two seconds. That's exactly. not happening. Has there the ever been play off the ball? He's going to play pitch and catch all day long. You you you're not getting pressure on him. Let me, let me ask you this, right? Because the Let's best you can blitz. hope, yeah, the, the best you can hope for is hurries and maybe some hurries. That's the best you can hope for. Tips, right? Let me ask you this, right? When you play defensive line, right? Did you guys ever have quarterback matchups where uh, Jimmy had to say to you guys, look? I understand you guys want to get home, but this isn't one of those games. Right. We need you to yes. hurt him, like you said. Like, have you yeah. guys ever had those kind of matches? We, how did you guys handle that? We played the run and shoot team, say. And that was the old Miles Davis run and shoot, which you see a lot of that now, which is basically an RPO. But the run and shoot is this they take the ball and get the, like, the RPO is one of the most difficult things to get a quarterback on the ground because he's a, it's, it's a run pass option. He's not going to take a seven-step drop in an RPO. He's taking a two-step drop, and he's going down the line of scrimmage. So the only thing you can do is set the edge, get your hands up, and make sure you're playing press on the corners so that you don't allow pitch and catch with this. Do I hand it? Do I pitch it? Do I run it? And what you want to do is get the ball out of the hand of the guy who's the most experienced ball handler, which is the quarterback. Who is the guy outside of the center that handles the football the most? It's the quarterback. To me, if I'm Spagnola, I want the guys, even A.J., Devontae, Jalen Hurts handles the foot. He is the best football handler in your huddle. Why? Because he handles it the most. He runs it. He throws it. Nobody touches the football more than him except the center. So those are the best football handlers that they have. And you run an RPO tone, 
Get the ball out of the hands of the guy with the most experience in handling the ball. This is how you create turnovers. You create turnovers with the lesser guy. I want Kenny Gainwell to have the ball. Why? You think he's just as much of an experienced ball handler and a football handler as Jalen Hurts is? Absolutely not. He's the worst compared to Jalen Hurts. Right. Go down the line. Here, here, the best football hands on your offense, Hurts, wait, Hurts, Kelsey, AJ. Um, I'll say Devontae after that. Devontae. Then, then Goddard. Then everybody else is kind of a wash. Then Goddard. I want the football in the guy's hands that's the least and touches the ball the least. That's why that Gainwell thing used to drive me nuts, Tone. Why would you put the football in the hands of a guy who's the least experienced handler of the football? It makes no sense. You yeah. put the ball in the hands of Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. That's why those two guys are paid the way they are, too. Yeah, you're and paid that way and that's because why, you're the best football handlers. And that's why, and even though they probably they probably overreacted, but that's why Nick Sirianni said, Miles Sanders, you ain't touching his ball ever again in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts led them in rushing because he said, I trust him more than anybody else. <laughs> so do you, you don't think they're going to have a, a, a lot of design plays? And I think that'll hurt them in this game if they don't have – because that's what kept I'm, Kansas City I, I did, at stake, Tone. I just got to – I just have, this Kansas City defense there, they're better this year. They totally better. They're better. They play in faster. every area. And the same way how the Eagles, we expect the Eagles to prepare for them. I expect them to prepare for that in terms of what the Eagles do in, in a QB run game. You know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to really factor in all the variables in terms of health, where that knee is. Um, if if the Chiefs are sort of expecting that. Like what's the count? Like that's that's the challenge for the Eagles right now, in my opinion. But more so for the coaching staff. I feel like they're slowly starting to understand punch, counter punch, counter punch, punch. Earlier in the season, adjustments. Adjustments. Earlier in the season, I didn't I didn't trust their ability to have, make adjustments or throw counter punches on, on, on offense. Now I'm starting to see it. So um, I think I think this is going to be a game where coaching and you know execution is going to is going to it's going, to, it's going to tell everything. It's going to tell everything. Well, let me to, to, to that point then. I could see Spags and Andy doing things differently because this is who they are. I mean, you got to remember something about Spagnola. Remember where he cut his chops and what his background is? It's Jim Johnson. Mm. He's a Jim Johnson guy. He believes in pressure and press. Two Ps. That's who he is. He's kind of like cut out of that cloth. And, you know, he was a big fan of Jim Johnson. He understands and he likes that style of defense. Press, press coverage and pressure, okay? What do you do? Let's do offensively first. What do you do offensively to a defense that's gotten better at just about every level? I'm going to make this I'm going to make this comment to you. I think I was going to ask you the same question. Kansas what City's do you do? Got a better, Kansas City's got a better defense yeah. than what the Eagles do. The Eagles have a better front. I'll totally agree. They don't have a better player. Well, I don't think Jalen Carter is that far off for Chris Jones. I do not think he's that far off, but still, Jones is better. Um, I don't think they have the pass rusher that the Eagles have. Okay, so two things. You're better in the front there because of the pass rusher, and Carter and Davis is picking his game up. But as a unit tone, they're better. Better backers. Better secondary, better safeties. Okay, so what do you do 
if you're Brian Johnson that you didn't do in the Super Bowl to Steve Spagnola? That's a good question because with a team that's pressing you, a team that's physically at the line of scrimmage. I think you throw hitch passes. Can we you want to get you want to get, get your guys AJ? in space? You want to get Dude, your guys in space? Press AJ. I'm gonna have a lot of. I'm gonna have. That means I'm gonna be single covered out there. Mm, that's a good point. Does that that's a high turnover play? That implies they play a lot of man. What's that? Kansas City. They're put. Do they play a lot of man? No, oh, they play press. Spagnola plays press. Hmm. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this game as this has to be a big game for... Here's the thing, right? You, you mentioned press, right? I think A.J. Brown is a press beater. Just by oh, his, his, his physicality at the line of scrimmage. Um... I, I'm, they're not going to put Trip McDuffie on him. He's too small. Hell no. They're going to put Trip McDuffie on Smith, and they're going to put Sneed on Brown. So, and also Sneed has been the lesser of the two. You press so, AJ. I'm going there all night. I'll, I'll give him 80, 80 targets. Exactly. Exactly. So that begs the question, right? And even though Spag, that is what Spags does. Do we anticipate him throwing any curveballs? I do. I think he's going to bring two over the top, and he's going to make sure that they don't get beat deep. And there's going to be secondary help back there because my biggest fear is not Devontae beating me. It's AJ in a one-on-one because he's a physical mismatch. And if you're going to press that guy off the line of scrimmage, now remember something. When you press him off the line of scrimmage, though, your timing route with him and Hurts there's a double hitch there. Does that mean you get home with blitzes too? Mm. If you're pressing, you're blitzing, in my opinion. So do you think so do you think there's gonna be less go balls thrown in this game by, by Eagles because of Spag's ability to get to the quarterback with the blitz? Because he wants yeah, to get the ball I, out of his I, head I, Yes. Yeah, I think what they're gonna do, if you see pressing, you're gonna see people coming home or people uh, middle blitzes from the in, from the interior. And I think you're gonna try to get in Jalen's face that way in the front. Because if you if you think you're just going to sit back and play, let AJ go up there on a press coverage on the left, and you don't have a lot of help over there, that, that's a remedy to get annihilated. Jimmy Johnson says this about press coverage all the time. You know, you could die a slow death with zone, or you could die a quick death with man. So what's the Pick perfect it. what's the perfect press beater in the NFL right now? See, this is going to be so anti every single thing that I believe in. I think it's really playing back on that zone a little more and letting those shitty wide receivers make mistakes and drops. Mm. Because let me tell you, I do not believe. Tone, I don't think the Eagles should press. I think the Eagles, and this is against everything I believe in, but I think they should play zone. Do you think that wide receiver core is going to win that game Monday night? They're not. I don't think so. I think Travis Kelsey will. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Which means more of a matchup on the linebackers. So 
So, so what are you doing? You're bracket, you're bracketing Kelsey and forcing everybody else to beat you. I want, yeah, I don't believe you have a wide receiver on that football team that can beat me. Mm. But then again, Tone, I didn't think they had a wide receiver last year on that football team. And I do not believe Juju Smith Schuster. He sucks. Look what he's doing in New England. He's doing nothing. Yeah, I think he has less than like 10 catches. This is bad. <laughs> I mean, he's crazy. he's just see to me. I would do this. I would run those wideouts. If I'm Kansas City, I would run those wideouts as far as I possibly can with that idiotic zone coverage that they play. Run them up the field and run them crossing routes with Kelsey. Maybe the, who's the back? Pacheco? Yeah. I'd have Pacheco doing crossing routes that confused you in the Super Bowl. And I'd try, I, I will challenge those. I personally will attack your linebackers in the passing game. And what else that you said? That Mahomes is doing great. He's not getting hit, which means he's getting the passes out quick. That's what Sam Howell did, dude. Sam Howell, how many times did you watch him? How many times did he go in the seven step? Not many. It was all quick hitch, all quick throws, all quick this and that. Pay attention to this too. I strongly believe we're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs throwing the throwing the ball a lot on first down. They're going to throw the ball a lot yeah. on first down because they want to loosen the they want to loosen the run game up. Exactly. They're gonna throw. They're gonna throw the ball a lot on first down, because that's that's what the Commanders did. You know, the the the, the numbers clearly dictate that teams are throwing the ball seventy percent of the time against the Philadelphia Eagles. The numbers dictate that teams are teams are coming in with damn near the same game plan. What is Sean Desai going to do to counter what people have already expected him to do? I understand you have your scheme. I understand you you do the things you'd like to do, but there comes a point in time where you have to look at the opponent and say, okay. Where do I need to tweak this scheme? What do I have to do to make sure we're not a liability? Because the last thing I want for them to do is just run that vanilla-ass defense they've been doing all year and then just say, hey, guys, go make plays. Your team your team hasn't shown you an ability to make plays this year consistently. That was the difference between last year and this year. They were making plays last year. This year, they're not making too many plays. So what can you, what can you do schematically to limit the damage that your past defense has already been taking all year? Is it, is it strictly just better communication? Is it um, is it putting guys in different situations? Um, what what what? You know, you're you're a defensive guy, right? If you're showing the side, knowing what you know, and I mean, I know we talked about you know doing doing. I know we talked about having a game plan against Patrick Mahomes, but from a pass defense perspective, right? Based on what we know about how they run defense, what would you do slightly different? If I'm the side against Mahomes. Yes, yes. Would, okay. Again, I'm gonna make that guy and hurt him to half the field. I'm gonna jam. I'm gonna do everything in my power to try to make sure that I jam those wideouts whenever I can. But that's not what they do. Because, but again, you're trying to tell me you pay two guys fifteen million dollars a year and you can't get up on those shitty wideouts and you can't jam them. We're not talking for? about Justin Jefferson. And Addison here, we're right. talking about guys who couldn't make the Eagle team. I mean, is it really that much of an importance that you stay into your your scheme of things and how your philosophy is on defense when you know you got a personnel matchup? You're trying to tell me, and this goes back to the money tone. I'm paying both these guys over ten million dollars a year. You better get and your ass up there and press. And I can't press them. So how so so how would you defend Kelsey? What a prayer. 
<laughs> I don't think you have a guy on that team except for maybe Kevin Byard that could maybe guard him. Now the question would be, he may he he may defend him the best, but that don't mean he stops him. Right. Now you have to antagonize him. I think That's also true. what you got to do, what I would do to him, I would chip his ass when he comes off the line of scrimmage. I'd have sweat on him or someone hit him, chip him. Okay, don't let him get free release. Because when he gets free release, that means what? He's got a head start on your on your guy. Hit him, chip him, bang him up a little bit. Okay, don't give him a free release. The worst thing you can have this guy, because you know what they like to do to him? They like to do what they do with Kyle Pitts a little bit. They flex him off the ball. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't take the contact and they put him on the weak side. Because they know because, some, because they know he's not he's not strong he's enough not or big enough. Kid. He's not physical enough. And Kelsey's not a physical guy when it comes to being interior, when it comes to blocking and shit. Like I said, he's not Gronk. You could put Gronk at center and he get a free release off the ball because he's so good at it. Gronk is superior to Kelsey. Kelsey's hands may be a little better. I don't know. May not be true. But Gronk was a tremendous – he could have played offensive tackle in the league. Yeah, how Gronk, good he was. He was yeah. an offensive tackle with great hands. Exactly, yeah. And and if I had to really choose, I think I would choose Gronk over Kelsey because of everything he gives me, um, not just in the pass game but in the run game. And hands like glue. He, he was literally – he was, he was hey, How many times do you see him triple team, Tone? He still comes down with the football. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you might be on to something. You know, every time Travis Kelsey, he eats a lot in that flex position. He sure so. does. They walk him off the ball. They move him out. So we, they give him that free release. See, Gronk would be more towards the tackle, and that would mean keep the backer inside, and he would get up, and Gronk was so physically able to get off the linebacker that he'd get that free release on him. Kelsey's not physical like that. Kelsey needs a little more space to maneuver and work. That's why they put him in the weak side, and they flex him off the ball. And that's why you see a lot – watch it. People are going like this. This guy here is the greatest guy. Yeah, well, they put him in a position where no one hits him. I think what you do is you put that guy, put someone on him. Don't give him a free release. Is there really anyone else on that offense outside of Mahomes and Kelsey that you fear Monday night, Tone? No, no. Well, I've never. You, you, know, so, I, you bring up a. You bring up a. Don't play point. this style. What we're saying here. Exactly, and you, it's it's so funny. I've never. You know what's so crazy? I had more angst when the Cowboys were, when the Cowboys came to town rather than this matchup. Why? Maybe it's the rivalries part of it. You know, the shit talking part of it, all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's that. Also, I hate the Cowboys, so maybe I'm more emotionally invested in that. But um, you bring up a good point. It's one. It's one guy. It's one guy you got a game plan for. You know what I mean? I mean one guy. For, Do for, you for, look at the, the skill position? Wait, what are the name of the wide receivers? I don't even know. Right, you got Skyler. Uh, who? Got Sky Moore, Rashid Rice. Come on, Tom. Uh, Tone. Could those guys M- make Nicole Hardman? Could those guys make the Eagles? Those guys would. Be, those guys would be practice squad at best right now. Dude, Eagles. they're Quez Watkins. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Or they may be the Olamide. They may be him. No, I think I, I think Ola, I think if Ola Media was okay. on the Chiefs, I think if he was on the Chiefs, he'd be the best receiver. He would be. I really believe that. Why can't you beat him? It's the quarterback, man. Quarterback and read. It's the quarterback in the scheme you play. Yeah, the court, the quarterback in the scheme you play. It's too, it's too easy for him to dissect. 
You can't get beat by Quez Watkins again. Man, this is going to be a hell of a game, Sills, because <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> this the, you're an it's, arrowhead. There's one dude. It's one dude. It's one dude. Now you've got three dudes. I don't get it sometimes. You get you have Devontae Smith, who you're underutilizing this year. I don't care what anyone says. How about this? You haven't used it to the max. You would we yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Would this be fair? You've probably used Devontae Smith seventy five percent of what his max is. I'm willing to agree with that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair because I mean it's when, Goddard sixty five percent. Do you agree? Yeah, I might go lower than that with Goddard, okay. but, but you know, hey, to hey, your, hey, to you're underutilizing your your talent on your team, and they're maximizing theirs. Yeah, that's true. But you know, AJ's have been going off. Is it like, isn't it so hard to not throw him the ball? But wait a minute. I it's just got through saying to you, wait a minute now. I got you. They got rid of Tyree Kill and got better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying get rid of AJ and Jalen would get better. I'm saying it, spread, it's harder to defend. Spread the world. Spread you the world. just don't know where he's going because he's so gifted. That's that's true. It's, it's the fact of the matter. It's, that's true. That's true. You know, it's so funny. Patrick Mahomes might be the only quarterback. AFC West is weak. Then how come they've beaten you twice in a row? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes may be the only quarterback in the NFL um, without a number one wide receiver. Like, think about that. Allen has Diggs. Herbert has Keenan Allen. Uh, Hertz has A.J. Brown. Tua has Tyreek. Um, Burrow has uh, Jamar Chase. Um, I mean, yeah, he has Kelsey, yeah. but we're talking about wide receiver. He's the only one really. Murray doesn't him. have one. Who? Murray doesn't have one. Kyler Murray, but I, I, I'm talking about the top. Dak guys. has one. Dak has one. Um, it's so that that's why I call him the baby goat man because he's making he's making a bunch of number threes look like at least borderline two. Like Brady did in New England. Yeah, yeah, man. That's the, that's that's the blueprint. Look, man, it's gonna be a it's, it's, it's gonna be a bloodbath, How man. I tell you that, Kelsey. How would I defend Kelsey? Yeah, I'm going to put my. I don't, I'm I'm not putting a linebacker on him at all. You don't have a guy at in the all. building, right? Exactly. Um, I like what you said. Get physical with him at the line of scrimmage. Yep. Don't allow him to have free release at Let's all. Let's sweat hit him. Let some somebody got to put. You're not getting home anyway, Tone. Listen, and that's my point. You're not getting home anyway. You're not going to get him. Away. Hit him. Hit him. Send somebody out there to get hands on him. Like Just they get, do with Micah. Bump him Hit every him. single time. Every Be single time. With him. That, that's where I'm at with it. Bump him every single time. Make him uncomfortable. You're not going to – I don't believe there's going to be a ton of sacks. Now, again, Reddick is a exclamation point playing linebacker or edge, whatever you want to call him. I call him the exclamation point. The exclamation point. I like that. he makes sacks – with an exclamation mark. He totally does. I mean, I can't think of one guy that I've seen put a stamp on a game. I mean, shit, the Cowboy game, the Commander game, the NFC Championship game. This guy, I mean, I mean, could this. more wrong who's about the, a guy. Who's the, who's, the, who's the lone Eagle defender? Um, And I mean, it doesn't matter on any level. DBs, linebackers, D-line. Who's the lone Eagle defender? That you're concerned about the most in this game, Bradbury. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. They're going to isolate him, and then they're going to isolate them backers. I think. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to test Bradbury early. Early. They're going to test Bradbury early. They turned him around in the Super Bowl so many times, and I hope this isn't one of those moments where Bradbury is in his head. Because he gave up what he gave up in that Super Bowl. This he, is, this he got, you know, he ran into dudes in them crossing. He got confused in them crossing routes. Absolutely. So if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm finding a way to I'm finding a way to see if Bradbury still has it. That's where I'm at. Do you I want to test Mahomes so you can force him and hurt him, right? Mm. Now that creates you know what? A I have to I gotta find out though. So so at, at to your point about that question. I need to find out what will happen if I do it. So I'm going to try it. I'm not going to just not do it. I you don't know unless you try. One play is one, is one play in one game. Some sometimes you got to take one to get one. Like boxing, man. You know, like you know, like the Mexican style of boxing. They take one to give one. So I think in this game, at least in that first half, you got to find out what you can do first, and then in the second half, then you start to tweak it, blitz them, send everything at just. Confuse him, make him see so many different things, and then at that point, you and then in the second half, you you settle on something. You feel me? That's where I'm at with it. I agreed. And I hey, priority number one, stop the run. Priority number one, stop the run. Stop the run, and that leads to everything. Tone, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. You got it. That is tone. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, we're gonna talk with our friend Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Monday Night Football. We'll have him in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, one of the great stadiums of all time. What a game that's going to be. By the way, November, Happy Wings Giving from Hooters and all the great Hooter girls want you to know that there's going to be a special each and every single day for the month of November. Coors Light, you're going to love it. Coors Light drafts, $2.99. 25 cents goes to local charities. The 2024 Hooter calendars are out. I think nine of the girls are also from the Northeast area are featured in the calendar. There's a hundred dollars in coupons also in those calendars. So it's not just about the lovely Hooter girls in there. There's a hundred dollars in coupons. Go to northeasthooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. Tuesdays buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free wing Wednesdays, 1983 kids eat for free on Saturdays. That's northeasthooters.com. Northeasthooters.com. And do me a favor when you roll in, Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Football show. Merrill Reese will join us in a couple minutes. Legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. I just went over to my Twitter page and people still don't get it when I make a comment about it's not a rip on Nick Sirianni when I say that the head coaching job is the least safest job of anybody on that franchise. Your history dictates that. I don't know what is the problem when you guys fight your own history. Why, when I say something like that, do you guys fight something that you've done? You have fired every coach since 2000, all with winning records, Super Bowls, appearances. What aren't you getting? What are you not getting? It's not a rip. It's a fact. Every guy's was, every guy was fired. It's the least safest job. Now, I'm not saying that you blow these guys out immediately because you don't. But this is more about the organization. They're comfortable in firing their coaches because they believe in their process of hiring, like Tone said, in their evaluation of who will take the next head coaching job. They believe in themselves. They'll hire the least experienced guy they can find, a guy that can work inside a system, 
guy who understands what they're doing fundamentally as an organization. You're never going to see an experienced head coach in there ever. And he wasn't. And it's just the way you do business. I don't know why that's such a um, upsetting take when it's who they are. Is it because I pointed out that you get upset? I think this is actually a testament to the fact that you hire good head coaches. It's not really a rip. You fired Andy Reid. Okay, that thing wore itself out. You hired Doug Peterson. Or, you know, you hired Chip. He had a good run. Horrible bedside manner. Horrible guy. Has to be the richest smoothie on the planet. That's what he left behind for you. Actually, some of the pieces and some of the things that they did set up 17 for Doug. That's organizational. Doug got too big for his britches. They blew him out. I, I, I don't know why that is such a, is that like a crazy take? That you fired every coach you've had since Jeffrey Laurie's owned the team? With winning records. I didn't realize that that was a crazy take. No, Keon. No, that's exactly what I don't want. I don't, hey, you're dead. That is my point. Keon just made what the point I'm making. They don't want to do that. I'm not mad at that. I don't want the same jackasses like Josh Daniels. Josh McDaniels getting a job or Matt Nagy or anything. No. That is exactly the point. I don't like retread coaches. No, I do not. That's why it's probably successful. Dude, I don't know. Look, sometimes it works like when you get a guy like, um, what's his name? Who was the guy that won them back-to-back Super Bowl? Shanahan. He was horrible with the Raiders, right? He gets a job up in um, uh, Denver. They win a Super Bowl. Well, the reason he won a Super Bowl, why? It's because he went to Elway. I mean, what did he have in Los Angeles? He didn't have a quarterback. This is all about quarterback. You think really Mike Shanahan's a great coach? I think Mike Shanahan's a good coach. But he's a great coach with John Elway. Okay, he's a great coach with Elway. <laughs> Most of these coaches are good coaches. The quarterback makes you a great coach. Nick Sirianni's a good coach. Is he a great coach? He's as expendable as Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Or any coach in the NFL. No matter what your record is. These coaching records are not the holy grail. 500 coaches go to the Super Bowl. Ask Dick Vermeil. I mean... When, when, when you bring up Nick Sirianni's record, it's stupid. They could fire him tomorrow, get another guy in there, and they'd be completely comfortable with it. Now, what you don't want to do is act like the Browns. 
or some of these other teams that have all these changing and revolving doors at the coaching and quarterback position. Dirty D, by that logic, Belichick is a good coach. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think this is going to be a very interesting football game on Monday night. I'm going to ask, before I bring Merrill Reese in, I'm going to ask him the question that I asked uh, Seth Joyner, that I asked Angelo Cataldi, that I've asked Mike Missanelli. And I'm going to ask him. It's been nine months since that game. Have the Eagles closed the gap on the Chiefs? What will they do differently come Monday night that they didn't do in that game nine months ago? Let's bring in the legendary voice and our friend. He is Merrill Reese. Seen it all, done it all. Seen some of the greatest players of all time. The transformation of the league, my God almighty, you've got to be a walking encyclopedia of where the game was. Did they have face bars when you first came in, Merrill? They didn't play with helmets. <laughs> there were no helmets to put face bars on. <laughs> they didn't even have mouthpieces back when, when Campbell was coaching. I don't know, man. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, Merrill, do you think that the Eagles have closed the gap on what happened nine months ago. I don't think there was a gap. I don't think there was a gap. I think they were every bit as good as Kansas City. But they lost. And if you go back to the whole game, the scoop and score in the first half was a seven-point difference. They lost by three. But basically, I thought they were as good as Kansas City. Kansas City made the plays they had to make at the end, and the Eagles didn't. But I don't really think there was a gap. Well, Merrill, I think there was a gap in talent that that the Eagles had more talent. Oh, in that sense. In that sense, yes. So this is more about coaching then because, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't frighten me. And, and Merrill, no disrespect, but the guys they have there now, uh, I think one of them is named Stormy Daniels. The other one's named Kyler Daniels. I think that – I don't know who some of these wide receivers are outside of Kelsey that they have. I mean – You mean Sky Moore. Oh, okay, Sky. Sure, okay, Sky Moore. I mean, I mean, Merrill. I, these are really these guys. I don't think could make the Eagle team, and that's the same group almost that beat the Eagles nine months ago. So I ask you again. I go like this. I mean, where do you see the improvement? See, and they have improved defensively. Do you not agree, Kansas City? Yes, yes. But you know what? Sometimes the the sum is better than the parts. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you think when you see Andy Reid on Monday night? And I'm sure you'll bump into him. He's got to be one of your friends. He's got to be one of the people that you really love the most. I do. I do. He's a great guy, a wonderful guy, and a wonderful coach. Let's go here with um, Jalen Hurts. His first half of the year has been what? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I, I think a lot of people underrate it, and they say, well, he's not running the way he once did, and he's had a bruise on his knee. Well, he's 
and, and for years they've been saying, I mean, for the last couple of years that he's been around, they say he runs too much. He's got to be more of a pocket passer to be the, the ultimate quarterback. Well, this year he has been the, the pocket passer, and he's been terrific. Merrill, one thing Kansas City did in that game, I went back and watched the Super Bowl, and Spags loves to press and he loves to bring blitz. He's got a lot of Jim Johnson in him on how he does his defense. How do you think Jalen's uh, maturation has been when it comes to handling the blitzes this year compared to what uh, we saw a little bit? I've always thought that that may have been a place that he could improve on. How do you think he's handled that so far? Because he is being hit more. Yeah, I think his recognition is better than ever. And I think his offensive line is just terrific. It'll even be better Monday night because they should have Cam Jurgens back at right guard. How about this too, Merrill? In the first half of that football game against the Chiefs, they had 10 designed run plays that netted 52 yards, and they were designed run plays. Do you think we'll see some of that game plan, or do you think that because of his injury, they may not, again, implement that? Because I thought that was a major part of the first half of that football game and a 10-point lead was that his ability to be able to run the ball in that first half. Dan, I, I think you will not see that many design run plays, but I don't think it has anything to do with his injury. I just think they're operating a little bit differently, that he is more the traditional pocket passer who can run. Make no mistake about it. He still has the speed and agility. He can run. But okay, it's so not, you it's think not it's more by design? By design, absolutely by design. Okay, the loss of Goddard. Um, today, Nick Sirianni at the press conference was talking about they were going to do more things by committee. Merrill, does that mean more design or different design plays? Does that mean Julio in the slot? Do you think we're going to see a variation of trying to be able to cover for the loss of Goddard, especially when it comes to how important he was in that Super Bowl against Kansas City? Yeah, I think you will. I, I think you will see more of Julio. Absolutely. You know, what, what's, what, what's, what's great about what you're seeing here with A.J. Brown, I mean – you know, take us back to that old four team with T.O. on it. Did T.O. really have a better year than what you're watching right now? You know, you know what Angelo Angelo Cataldi said this about A.J. He thinks he's the greatest wide receiver that the Eagles have ever had. Well, you know, I could say that he's as good a receiver as any that the Eagles have ever had. But I think they had a guy by the name of Harold Carmichael, who's in the Hall of Fame, who was almost unstoppable. Forget the numbers because they didn't throw as much then. Uh, I sit next to a guy in the booth, Mike Quick, who did some dazzling things. And I, I think Deshaun Jackson had some great seasons. But I will, I will use the phrase, as good as any receiver the Eagles have ever had. I, 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 to me... Watching him play, and 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 if they're going to press him in this game Monday night, man, am I going to throw a lot of jump balls to him? Because I got to tell you, he's a physical mismatch, Merrill. That must have been like what you were watching in 04. Because every time you put one on one on on To, you're not covering that guy one on one. It's they look like the same player. Well, except one doesn't screw up the locker room. <laughs> No, give me, give me, give me a, um, a scouting report because I know you hate the thing in um, in Washington D.C. 
give me a scouting report on Arrowhead and the booth there because, you know, that's one of the only facilities in the NFL that really, you know, kind of like Lambeau Field. Do you enjoy going there to call games? Uh, well, because the teams are so good, because the Chiefs are so good, and it's a great challenge. I think if you talk to the the 32 broadcasters in the National Football League, including me, Mitch Hoffus, who does the Chiefs, they would probably tell you they don't like the fact that the broadcast booth is glassed in. We are not open. It is glassed in. We are talking into glass. Holy cow, so you can't open it? No. Wow. That that has to go back probably to the 70s then and why they've done that there like no, that. They, they actually did it over and did that. Really? Yeah. Glass in. Yeah. It's got to, got to be something to do with weather there. All right. Um, Hassan Reddick's game and how much it's picked up since he's uh, taken that cast off. Merrill, I'll tell you this. I couldn't have been more wrong about a guy because last year, beginning – I was talking about this guy being on a milk carton. I didn't see it. And from week eight on, and now with the cast off, I couldn't have been more wrong about a guy. Merrill, this guy is a bullet. I call in the human exclamation point. This guy puts a stamp on things and an exclamation point on games. I've never seen any. He's got to be one of the best pass rushers that you've seen over the last 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is, as you've said, he's a speeding bullet. He is, uh, he's just a great edge rusher. What's your biggest concern going into this game on Monday night? Boy, I, it's, it's tough to say. I, I, the one thing I, I'm very big on, and the Eagles are better right now than the, than the Chiefs, is turnover differential. Eagles are minus two, Chiefs are minus four. I think if you play, well, two things. If you play a clean game, that's big. And number two, if you work your silent count well, you cannot allow that crowd to disrupt your offense because if you do, they'll be out of joint and they'll have no trouble. It's so loud there. You A know, couple last questions for you, Merrill. Merrill, you know, one thing that this I've learned about your city is that there's not really a lot of patience in the city for anything. You really don't have a lot of patience, especially when it came to your coordinators. And if we've learned anything this year, haven't we, about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, even a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach took time to develop a system, a play-calling system, yes. a system on getting on the same page. All of a sudden now, you're seeing player and coach, these are two guys going to Canton, and it took them nine weeks for them to get on the same page. Did we get – were we a little bit too over angst when it came to Brian Johnson and how people looked at him when it came to why at the beginning of the year maybe that you saw a little bit of a bumpy ride, so to speak, when it came to play calling? It's just taking time, Merrill. I agree. I agree. But he's, he knows what he's doing. He's terrific. He is, man. I mean, well, finally here, the biggest improvement for you that you think that Jalen has had over the last month has been what? His pure accuracy as a passer out of the pocket. He is right up there with the best. You, you know, Merrill, I got a, one last thing here. I'm going to sneak one last thing on you here. Why do the people in the media? I listened to something today from Michael Irvin and from Skip Bayless, and I heard this. 
Name me a better wide receiver over the last five weeks than CeeDee Lamb. I almost dropped my coffee this morning when I heard that. I'm like, are you not watching what this guy's doing? Yeah. In 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 in, in Philadelphia? Are you not watching? Merrill, I see why you guys just can't stand those guys in Dallas. I, I it's it 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 blows my mind that they think CeeDee Lamb is playing better football right now than than AJ Brown. Look, he's a great player. They love him, and they're entitled to. But uh, a- nobody's playing better than A.J. Brown. I'll tell you that right now. Are you looking forward to this game Monday night? Of course. Absolutely. Merrill, thank you so much as always, my friend. Thank you very, very much. It's always good to be on with you, Dan. You bet. Have a safe flight to Kansas City as we will see that game on Monday night. Love talking to Merrill Reese. You know what, Neil? No, Neil. Neil, I'm going to tell you, man, I heard it this morning and I was listening and I'm watching and I'm hearing these guys talk to me about CeeDee Lamb. I will take Terry McLaurin from the Washington Commanders over CeeDee Lamb. I do not believe that that guy is one of the top five wideouts in pro football. Name me five wideouts right now in pro football. Who would you name as your top five? AJ, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson. DK Metcalf? No. Debo? I don't know. Jamar Chase? Cooper Cup? Right? Cooper Cup? A.J. Jefferson, Tyreek Diggs, Diggs, and Chase. Dude, I I, I don't see C.D. Lamb in that top five. He is not better than those guys. Wow. Now I know why you guys get aggravated when it comes to that team. There is no doubt about it, man. By the way, I got a topic here, and I kind of saved it. I may have to do it at the top here. We're also going to look. We didn't get a chance to do it yesterday. Oh, my God. And also, tonight, what a franchise quarterback game tonight. You want to know what a franchise quarterback game is? Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. That right there, what an absolute, that's a franchise game. That's what you want to watch. Franchise quarterbacks. You know what I'm, I mean? That is all you need. Not Jalen Hurts versus Sam Howell. Or Jalen Hurts versus Zach Wilson. This is a franchise game. Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Sills, what about Monday night? <laughs> I, what, who's playing? <laughs> hey, hey, who's playing? What, what about Monday night? Someone goes, Joe Burrow's trash. Well, well tell me when your guy gets the two AFC t- or NFC title games in consecutive years. Let me know. Let me know. Burrow's done that. Okay. 
Seals best Thursday night match in a while. Yes, sir, Matt. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Jalen Hurts versus Spider Rico is my kind of matchup. <laughs> uh, that ain't no Spider Rico matchup Monday night, Hoss. Okay, he ain't fighting Spider Rico. As a matter of fact, over the next month and couple of weeks, he ain't fighting Spider Rico. He fought Spider Rico in the first half of the year, but he ain't spite. He ain't fighting Spider Rico. Amazon is probably think, <laughs> probably like, thank God we finally got our money's worth. Yeah, you're not gonna have to worry about uh, Al Michaels crying and bitching about watching the Jets have to play some shitty team. <laughs> uh, whoa, the Jets and the Cardinals. <laughs> Here's Al Michaels on a play-by-play. Yeah, Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What'd you say, Al? Yeah, what'd you say, Kirk? Kirk, take the rest of the way. I don't know. What'd you say? Uh, Yeah. Oh, my God, too. Taylor Swift is going to be in Kansas City on Monday. Hey, I text Sly. I'm still waiting to hear. I'm trying to get Stallone to do a motivational speech with the music. I'm still working on it. Still working on it. Okay. Jets versus the Giants. (laughs) Hey, you know what that game is now dubbed, my friend? Hey, Dirty D, do you know what the Jets-Giants game is now dubbed? The Jimmy Hoffa Bowl. (laughs) it's, It's dubbed the Jimmy Hoffa Bowl. All right, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Look, I got a topic here. I don't know how you're going to respond to this. I didn't. I can't believe I haven't gotten to it yet. We're going to look at week 11. We'll do that next. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. look like it's fun to play football again in Houston. D'Amico Ryan's in what they're doing in Houston, it looks fun. Kind of like what you see in Philly. It just looks fun. There's an element to a good work environment that's conducive to winning also. You know why the Browns blow? Because they're the Browns. The Browns aren't going to win anything. That's why you had to basically extort, or I wouldn't use the word extort. What would I use? Bribe Deshaun Watson to come play for you. You have to bribe players to play there. Man, if you're Miles Garrett, you really want to be a Cleveland Brown? You're never going to win anything. You have no chance ever of winning because of Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam's accountable and responsible for the shitty environment in Cleveland with a great, that's a fan base. That's like Philly and Buffalo and some of the best places in the NFL. You're never going to win in Cleveland because you just have the shitty work environment. No one wants to show up and work. They lie to you. They don't treat you well. They bullshit you. And they extort you. Or bribe you. You had to bribe a guy to come play for you. You gave him the craziest contract in the history. Think about it. They gave him a contract nobody else on the planet will ever give. And he almost ruined him. If you're a potential free agent, do you want to go play in Cleveland? knowing their medical people almost destroyed Deshaun Watson. Would you want to work there? Man. I mean, he's Leroy Selman. Neil, that's a great comparison because one of the absolute worst human beings I've ever met in my entire life was Hugh Culverhouse. I've never met a more despicable human being in my life than Hugh Culverhouse. And I can't tell you the numerous conversations that I had in Mr. Culverhouse's office. And I hated it there. I mean, he, he was horrible. 
I should post that 45,000. Get this, a 1987. Dog pound, baby. What a joke. How you doing? Hey, dirty day. How about this? I should post that $45,000 bonus that I got in the offseason for work. I, I got a $45,000 bonus in 1987 or 88 for working out in the offseason and staying in Tampa. They wanted me to stay in Tampa. So I got 45000 bucks. I think that's like $125,000 today or something like that. I don't know. 110,000, 105,000, whatever it is, whatever that comes out to. So they gave me like a hundred grand today's money to stay for three months in Tampa. And I was like, why would I work out in a place that you, you have no weights, you have nothing. Why would I stay here? I wanted to get so far away from that environment and that shithole that they, they, they were so mad that I, I, I think I blew fifteen thousand dollars of that bonus, not because I was supposed to get more. I was supposed to get sixty, or maybe seventy-five. I forget what it was supposed to be, but I got forty-five instead. And I said, I, 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 "You can keep the other 15. And I did do that because I didn't want to stay there. It was shithole. You know, there's places you want to go to. There's places you want to work at, and it looks like there's fun again in Houston. And that's because of D'Amico Ryans. C.J. Stroud is succeeding because of the environment that Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans. Isn't it funny that most of those places, you have to have a really good coach that gets it and a general manager that works together. 45K in 1985 is worth $128,672 in 2023. Okay, so it was about $120,000 that they gave me for about 90 days staying in Tampa. Okay, that sounds right. I had about four of them things. Okay, I mean, I, I think I've posted that a few times. Um, But still, sometimes you're just like this. Man, these people never win here. Got to hand it to Ryan's, man. You, you you really do. You got to hand it hand it to him. I'm I'm gonna. By the way, top of the hour here. I'm gonna do something here. We're gonna hit on something. Um, when it comes to my favorite quarterbacks, skills. Skills. Can you imagine playing in this area era football? Yeah, you don't have to play the run, and you just can be a pass rusher. And I don't have to play the run. And I was the 56th player taken as a junior, and I ran a four eight, and I benched five fifty five. Um, 27 vertical coming out. I'd probably been a top 10 pick. I would have got $30 million. <laughs> and teams keep you today. And get this, you know what's different today, two-tone? Back then, there were only 40, there was, there was 40, 43 guys on the team. Now there's 70. Now you've got 70 guys on a team. Oh, next year, it goes to 70. Because the 16 now, I think, I think they're going 19 next year when it comes to practice squad. We didn't have practice squad guys. We had 43 guys. You have 43 guys on an NFL roster. Today you have 69. Next year it'll be 69, counting practice squad. 57, what is that? 57 and 57 and 16. Shit, 73 guys got on the team. 
I'm making that team. <laughs> Matt goes, Seals, look at making the mula. Oh, I signed it. I signed the same deal Jerome signed. I, I signed the same deal Jerome signed because I came out in a supplemental draft, but the Buccaneers and Hugh Coverhouse gave me the same contract that Jerome got his rookie contract. I think I got $300,000 signing bonus. Um, 150,000 base plus I think I got another incentives of 225,000 back then. It came out to about a million a year. Something like that. Came out to something like Jerome's cuz we we were we were in the same ballpark cuz they said they were going to give me a Jerome contract. So they gave me Jerome was the ninth pick in the draft. I got the same sal I got the same contract he did, I think. I think it was three years, 2.2 million came out to some shit like that. I think it was, if I re, I don't remember what Jerome's number was, but whatever it was, I think maybe I got a hundred grand less than what he did. Fork it over. Are you kidding me? <laughs> fork it over. My aunt's listening right now. She's like, yeah, fork it over. <laughs> or she probably's going like this, fork you. <laughs> Uh, right? <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, a maniac, yeah. Hey, maniac, if I had that money, you think I'd be here? Like I told everyone, if I ever hit the lottery, you ever see me hit the lottery, okay? And you, well, what happened to Cilio? He's on an island somewhere. He looks like Howard Hughes. Oh, yeah, he's fingernails and shit like that. A lot of money in 86. It was, dude. It was. I mean, I'm not, I won't lie, man. I'm was really cool. And I screwed that whole thing up massively, but Hey, I got a track record of doing that. I got to say this here before we get into our topic here, man, you know, I love Josh Allen. The firing of Ken Dorsey is personal. It, it, it's personal and it hurts. He's forking it over. <laughs> No, no, the other way. <laughs> hey, hey, touching. That's touching. You know, I take it personal that you were fired. <laughs> hey, kid, that don't mean dick. Sorry, dude, I like, you know, I love the kid. But don't talk like this because that's really dumb. I take it personal that I got him fired. Okay, you're going to give him some of your $38 million now? You're going to give him an annuity? Are you going to write him a $400,000 check to get him through the tough times? What are you going to do here? Oh, uh, or you think that sorry is like a pat on the back when they say, hey, you're really great. I mean, dude, end of the day, sorry there's no sorries in professional football. You got the guy fired because of your not listening, your incompetence, your inability to not make massive turnovers. Tone's right, man, about one thing about Hurts. You know, Hurts' picks and his fumbles and shit. I'll, dude, the biggest mistake Jalen Hurts has ever made in his NFL career 
is the scoop and score and the biggest game. And there is no doubt about it. You've never really held, you've never heard me really kill him for it. Okay. You've never really heard me kill him for it. You know why? Because there's so far few in between that he costs his team. Yes. Biggest game. Part of the reason they lost the ball game because of the score and it's scoop and score. Even though if you look at the play, you could have called a penalty on it against the Chiefs. But hey, we'll leave that alone. Still, that's the biggest F up he's ever made. Was that scoop and score in the Super Bowl? Okay. That's the equivalent of it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I, I would punch you in the head. Somebody goes, hey, can you bring your playbook? Look, it's not you, it's me. Hey, I know, I, hey, uh, maniac, I know I've told you guys this a few times, but my wife, when, when Wayne Fonts, we went back to that, um, that Buccaneer alumni thing. Wayne's sitting here, Rich McKay's here, I'm here, my wife's here. This is back when they could only keep 43 guys. You know, Kim, Dan, the biggest mistake in my life. And one of the biggest mistakes I made, and I've made a few, was not keeping your husband. He started every preseason game for me. We brought him back for one regular season game, but we should have kept him over Lawrence Pete. She... He didn't get up but two seconds. My wife looked over at me and Rich McKay, and she goes, hey, fuck that guy. And Rich McKay just went like this. He's the president of the Falcons. We, they were honoring all of us. He was the GM when he signed me. And I go like this. My, Rich goes, did she just say fuck you to Wayne Fonts? I go, she did. <laughs> and he goes, holy shit. He sat down. Joe Gibbs was there. Joe Gibbs was an assistant coach with the Bucks back in the day. I'm sitting here, and she goes, Joe Gibbs taps me on the shoulder. Did your wife just tell Wayne Fonts to go fuck himself? I went, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> my wife don't play that way, man. Yeah, my wife don't play that way. Yeah, hey, Neil. She's done that numerous times. So is my aunt, by the way. Yale, funniest thing you've ever seen. Rich McKay, chairman of the competition committee in the NFL. Did she just tell Wayne Fonts to go fuck himself? She did. <laughs> Joe Gibbs. Did she just tell Wayne Fonts to go fuck Yes, sir. <laughs> Kim's just sitting there mad. She's eating chicken wings. She looks at me. She goes, what do you want me to tell him? Thanks. That's something. No, you know what she said? She went like, hey, Yale. She goes like this. What do you want me to say? Thanks. That's some... That's some bullshit you would say. Rich goes, how long have you been married? I go, 13 years. <laughs> now it's like 30-something. I don't know, something in there. Hey. <laughs> look, how long you... No, that's some dumb shit you would say. Power hour coming up. You got a topic you'll probably hate me over. But hey. Week 11 and a gigantic ball game tonight. We're going to hit on all that. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Thank you very much, D. I saw that, man. You lucked out with her sales. I think so. (laughs) Here, I'll just say this to you about my wife and my beautiful wife. I've never met a person I hated more in my life, and I've never met a person I loved more in my life. I don't know what that makes me. Probably a psycho. (laughs) I, I, I don't know what that makes me, okay? But it probably makes me a psycho. Got to put this down here because I got to keep note. What I do is I write notes down because you know why? I, I could talk for like a hundred hours and I forget some of the shit that I'm going to say here. I don't care what Tone says about you. You're right. <laughs> so get this, man. This is what I hate about my email. Okay. So here's my. Okay, here's my email here. See this thing right here? You know what this is? This is my All-American ballot. So when I get these things here, this is this is the last All-American ballot that I get. 
Okay. I get a thousand emails from programs around the country, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. You guys want to know how I know all these coaches? These coaches get my cell phone and they make a pitch for their player to be on the All-American team. And I got an I got a text message from Lincoln Riley. And I said, I'm not voting for Caleb Williams. It's going to come down between the dude at Oregon and it's going to come down between the guy at Washington who's going to be the quarterback that's going to be the first team on my ballot. I think Caleb Williams is blown. I think he's overrated. I didn't say that. Okay? I didn't say that. But I said, I go, I I don't think he had the year those two guys have had. I think Bo Nix and I think Penix have had the better years. Shit, I could probably find other guys. The kid at Oregon State probably had a better season than Caleb Williams has. EJ had a better year, the former Clemson kid. But I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm probably gonna go with the dude, um, Penix, the transfer from Indiana. Um, I thought he squeezed uh, Ohio State a couple years ago when he was there at Indiana, and he played him tough. And now he's at Washington. Washington could win a national title. But I get these emails and all these coaches, the guy at um, Venerables, um, about some of the players. Believe it or not, there's some defensive players finally at Oklahoma. Uh, Dabo, you know, guess who I'm going to put on the ballot? You guys are going to like him. I'm going to put Jeremiah Trotter Jr. as my linebacker. I didn't think he had a span of two games where he didn't play well. But over the last three weeks, I think he's played really well. And so I've been keeping an eye on him. And I emailed Trotter Sr. and I told him, I go, I'm gonna um I'm gonna vote for your kid. Okay. Carson Beck from Georgia, highly underrated. He is, he is that kid, the best player on that Georgia team was that tight end Bowers. Okay. The best player on that team is that kid Bowers. That tight, that tight end is amazing. And he's gonna be a top three pick. He's a good-looking football player, too, man. I mean, he's going to go awfully high. And in today's NFL, when you got a tight end like that, like, where would he go? Would Arizona have him? Could you imagine him and Kyler Murray? Would you draft that kid Bowers out of Georgia with one of those two picks that you got? Or is it the Bears that got the two picks? Is it the Bears that have one and then the Cardinals have two and three right now? Is that how that thing's working out? Bears. The Bears had the first pick. The Cardinals have two and three then because of them moving around. The Bears got that pick because uh, Carolina moved up. That's what they did. No, Bears have one and two. Wow. So, God, would the Bears move off of Justin Fields? I would. Or do you get in Bowers? Do you move off? Do you move off of Fields or do you get him Bowers at two? And at one, how about this? Marvin Harrison and Bowers. Arizona has four. How about this tone for Justin Fields, Marvin Harrison, Jr. and Bowers from Georgia. And you draft him to the Bears. And you put him in the offense. And if field sucks, 
you still have Bowers and Harrison. And if you want to go the other route, you can go get a veteran. Put Cousins up there. You know, you could do this. You could sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason, keep Fields, because he's still on a rookie deal. And if he pans out, you keep him, move Cousins at the trading deadline for a team that might need a quarterback, you might get a second-round pick for him. But you still have Bowers and Marvin Harrison. Needs an old, he does need an old line. There's some kids down at Georgia, too, in Alabama. Ohio State's got some good kids, too. Um, see, the, Bear, the Bears just don't have any help for him up there. He just, he just needs some help. Like, like I said yesterday, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in Pittsburgh. Okay. I'd like to see him in Pittsburgh with, with Mike Tomlin on what he could do with him. All right. Jordan Mulata said something. I'm going to get to a topic here. I don't know if you're going to like the topic, but we'll see. Um, this game Monday night is personal. Do you think this game, listening to Jordan Mulata, do you think this game means more to the Eagles personally than the Cowboy game? Bears GM ain't got the brains. <laughs> I think it's more the ownership too. You think this is personal to them. You had the better team. Even Tone. Did you see Tone's frustration when we were talking last hour? One guy beat you. Don't try to sell me Juju Smith-Schuster's good. He's not. He's not. The wide receiving core right now they have couldn't make the Eagles. Your number three guy would be their number one guy. How'd they beat you? You're going to have the better offensive skilled people again. Man. Who's got more pressure Monday? Who's got more pressure on them to win that game? If you lose, they're going to call your 8-1 and one record a fraud record. I'm going to say it's equivalent to how Sam Fran feels about our game. Like it? Eagles for sure. 40, Chiefs don't have to win that game. They just have to get into the playoffs because you know why? He's not gauge what he does in the regular season anymore. That's elite. Hey, those of you out there who are consistently talking to me about Hurts, what he does on a week-to-week basis and if he's elite or not, Patrick Mahomes is not gauged on what he does during a regular season anymore. Isn't it funny? The only thing they go to now, some of the hammerheads that are in my profession, go to his numbers being sorted down. Okay, well, let's go to the most important thing. 
How about his postseason record? Well, he's not completing as many passes. He's he's running more. He doesn't have the same yardage. Okay, let's do it again. What does that guy do in the postseason? That talk doesn't matter to him. Patrick Mahomes, that is no more part of the narrative with him anymore. It's old news. I see some of you guys doing this, and like some of the hammerheads in here will do this. Compare Jalen Hurts' number to Mahomes. Why? What's it got to do with Mahomes? Mahomes is not playing against Jalen Hurts. You know what he's playing against? History. History. He's beyond Hurts. Tonight, Burrow and Lamar are playing against one another because they're trying to create history. Tom Brady played for history. His matchups didn't, wasn't anything to do with it anymore. It's about history. Because you compare Jalen Hurts' numbers to everyone else. Yeah, that's right. Because there's only one elite quarterback in the NFL. One. There's one elite quarterback in the National Football League. No one else is elite. You're super talented. You're really good. You're not elite. Stop it. You diminish Mahomes when you do that. Brady, the history of the league. Jalen Hurts can be compared against Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Dak, all the rest of these guys. Not against him. He's different. Why? Because his resume says it. His reigning MVP and Super Bowl MVP against you say it. Remember something. He not only won the regular season MVP against your guy, but he beat your guy in the Super Bowl for it. By three points. I know. Shucks, golly gee. Isn't it always guys like Brady and him that just just like the luck of the dice, right? God, how come they always end up on that side of the aisle? And we're over here. <laughs> Ask yourself that. That's right, Riel. And he came from behind to beat you. With Juju Smith-Schuster. And now they're better. He didn't beat us. He beat Gannon. The field, Gannon, house hunting, shitty play calling. I know. I know. You got an excuse for everything for losing. I get it. You can't compromise yourself for the fact that that guy's who that guy is. Even if you beat him Monday, this is on the Eagles, dude. Eagles have all the pressure. Back of the bus. 
He'll lo- he could lose the MVP award Monday. You understand that. He could lose that award Monday. I think he enjoys playing in this pressure, though. Silas, you kill Hey, he could lose this thing Monday. There's one elite quarterback. Why? I'm going to have to take a page out of Tone's championship handbook. Bling, bling. Bling, bling. Bling, bling. How you doing? Bling, bling. <laughs> Is that that kind of prod thing you're talking about there, Tone, a little bit? Oh, hey, hey. Hurts. Um... Nick, Nick, Nicky Seriani and all them guys. Boy, you guys got a big one Monday, man. Yeah. Woo! Woo! That old facer muscle, man. When you get on that airplane, man. Woo! Man, that's going to be a... I hope that's a good flight home. By the way, I picked you to win it. If you guys have been paying attention, have I not, Tone? Have I not? I kind of buried the lead already. Little Nikki Sirianni and old Jalen Monday night, boy. Woo, man. It's a big one for you. Holy cow. What a big time ball game. You could lose the most valuable player award on Monday. And you could lose home field advantage or tie it with with the uh, Lions. Lions can move into a tie for the home field advantage. <laughs> Holy shit. Really? <laughs> and the Cowboys play the shitty Panthers. Man, it, this could be a wonderful ride here for the next five games. Or oh, this bad puppy could be a little bumpy. This thing's gonna be, this thing's gonna get a little choppy. You better buckle up. All all trays. To the forward position. We're not serving drinks. <laughs> um, damn, what's your take on the Browns? One of the shittiest run organizations in pro football when you clear a player that has got structural damage and because you want to get a return on your investment, you cart his ass out there and you lie to a player. And I should be ashamed of myself for looking at it that way like the other media scripts looked at him as being soft. And that's uh, my mistake too because – it's the Browns. I know better. Okay. Anthony goes, this dude loves playing. No. Playing both sides. I got you winning the game, dog. I've been talking, saying you're going four and one over the next stretch. What are you talking about? Don't drop it, though, is all I'm saying. Because you could be pinned against a shower with a guy named Chip. <laughs> Holy cow, this could hurt. (laughs) Man, what a big... I never thought about the pressure. The Eagles are going to be under Monday. 
Are you going to get knocked out three times? Would Jalen lose if he plays lights out, but they lose because of a missed field goal? Dirty D, you are so missing this. They're talking nationally about CeeDee Lamb being better than A.J. Brown and Dak Prescott being an MVP for beating the shitty Giants. Jalen Hurts loses to Patrick Mahomes. It's all they're waiting for. It's all they're waiting for. Yeah, you know what? You're a great scoring champion. Can't beat Magic. Can't beat Larry. Said the same shit to Jordan. Yeah, scoring champ. Put a lot of points up. You do all this and that. Can't beat Mike. Mike can't beat Jordan. Can't beat Larry. Nine years that went on. Right? Nine years that went on. Miss field goal. How come the great ones always don't have the missed field goals or the bad field or the bad play callers or the bad this or the excuse that or the house hunter here? How come that never lies in the lap of the great ones? How come? I know I see it every day. I miss Uncle Shay Shay on Undisputed. Dirty D, I don't get it. I mean it, man. I thought that was the most disgusting conversation today. Telling me, who do you think has been the best wide receiver or a better wide receiver than CeeDee Lamb over the last five weeks? I'm like, I'm not sure what you're watching, but you can't defend. Um, And by the way, how many people really think CeeDee Lamb was a factor in that Cowboy-Eagle game? You think he was a superstar factor? Like, I know he put a lot of points up. No, he put a lot of yards up. I don't know, man. Did did, did he make gigantic plays? I, I don't remember. I mean, I know his stat line was great. 190. I, I, I know. I, I got it. I just was like. Wow. I I don't remember significant plays in the game that would, would could have helped them win it. They literally ran Mike McCarthy out of Green Bay because the great one blamed him. <laughs> Jalen and AJ Brown is like Shaq and Kobe. Dude, they're great. It's it's a great combo. Yeah, Yale, right? Man, he had a lot of yards, but nothing spectacular. Just, I mean, right? Just, I don't know. All right. This ought to be entertaining. Let's do this. And I want to do it this way. We're going to build the football team here. And the question will be, what quarterback would you build your franchise around if you had to build a NASCAR? No O-line, no wideouts, the number one pick on your team. You don't have A.J., you don't have Jamar Chase. 
You don't have Lane Johnson, Trent Williams, Justin Jefferson. You have none of these guys. And you had to build your football team with a guy who could carry your football team without stars on it. And then we'll try to put stars around him, obviously, as you would like to have what organizations, that's their number one objective. If you take everybody out of the game and you have one pick, well, the guy now is winning games with nobody. He's got Kelsey. Let's go Mahomes. He does more with less. Who's the second guy that does more with less? You're going to create, this is going to be the craziest thing on the planet. I won't lie to you, man. I have to really look at this here. Who does more with less? Can I do it this soon? Can I do it this soon? Can I put CJ Stroud there? I'm going to. He's winning ball games with nobodies. That guy, Nico Collins, I've never heard of him. I mean, he has more yards this year than he's ever had in his career. Who does more with less? Lamar Jackson, would you put here? Guy won an MVP award. Who was the wide receiver? Hollywood Brown? <laughs> Hollywood Brown? Who was on that 17 Ravens team? Oh, the tight end's good. Yeah, he had a tight end. And Hollywood Brown. Lamar, unanimous MVP that year, too, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Who else would you put on this list? Less is more. Guy that could carry your team until you built a team around him. I got Mahomes, Stroud, Lamar. I think Herbert needs people. I think Burrow needs people. What? Let's do this with Josh Allen. What does Josh Allen have? Stefan Diggs. Fair enough. Could he put up the numbers that he puts up? And let, let's be candid here. What's their record right now? They're five and five. Right? They're five and five, if I'm not mistaken. So, last two years, they're 18 and nine. Not horrible. Surely a lot of games in there that he caught those nine games. You could probably make the conversation that he cost them those nine games. Since if we play better by shutting teams down in the red zone, can we use that from 20 to 20? I know the windows get tighter and the back of the end zone too. Um. 
Hey, hey yo, I, I'm with you. Okay. But he doesn't really have a lot there besides digs. There's no tight end. There's no running game. Right? This is what I talk about, guys who were let that carry their teams when things are not there. Now, again, who do you build your team around? Would you build your team around Jalen Hurts? How would he be without Devontae and A.J. Brown like Mahomes is? Give him Goddard. He'd be a better decision maker than Allen, for sure. Would he last, though? See, there's an intangible about the kid you want to build the team. Like, I would take him over Kyler Murray, for sure. Um, Does Jalen belong on that list of... Guys you would want to start right now. Would I build my team around Dak? No way. Would you build your team around Trevor Lawrence? There's a little Wentz in him, though. Does Jalen belong on that list? Mahomes, Stroud, Lamar. Of all the quarterbacks in the league, I want to get five at least. I'm not building my team around Tua. I'm not building my team around Herbert. I'm not building my team. Actually, we're going to find out pretty soon here about Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You think that helps him? You know what? If we're going to sit here and criticize Jalen for having Devontae and AJ, I think Joe Burrow deserves the same thing. I think you get the same, I don't know criticism, but you get the same conversation from me. Hey, Joe, how good would you be without Jamar Chase? By the way, didn't Jamar Chase and uh, Burrow play at LSU together? Number one overall, Dirty D. Didn't Jamar Chase and Burrow play at LSU? I like what some teams do with that. Okay, I do. Didn't Jalen Waddle and uh, Tug of Viola play together at Alabama too? Right? I think his mentals make him worth building. Yeah, around. Strong locker room really helps the team. Mahomes is a better quarterback talent, but Hurts' work ethic is unmatched in my eyes. How about this? I'm going to make a comment to you about uh, him versus some of the rest of these guys. I'm going to make, I'm going to tell you where we're going with this. You think Jalen hurts is the hardest working quarterback in the NFL. I do. I think he's got a Tom Brady quality about him. Jalen Hurts reminds me of Tom Brady. Locker room. Likeable. Tenacity to win. 
it just looks different. It just looks different. And sometimes that's what I have to get over. Just looks different. You see, folks, working hard is not as common as you think. I don't think Patrick Mahomes worked really hard at his talent. I just think Patrick Mahomes was one of those dudes that was so gifted and so overly gifted, like Michael Vick was. I never would put a question mark and say Vick worked hard until he got to Philly. How many people would do this? You think Michael Vick really was a student of the game in his entire 17-year career? I would never say that. I think he got shitty coaching. I think Michael Vick got some of the shittiest coaching. He relied on his skill. He relied on his ability. And that's why he never won. Michael Vick is a Hall of Fame talent with an average result. Talk about underachieving. Michael Vick is the poster child for underachieving. Do we agree? Being on the cover of Madden is not an accomplishment. It's a perk. It's a perk. I think Vic, what, 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 that game in Green Bay is the only game I can remember that was this exceptional game that he played, a game that mattered the most. Didn't he win a playoff game up there in Green Bay against Rodgers? He had some freaky ass game up there where he was just insane, kind of like Kaepernick. Kaepernick had one of the greatest football games I've ever seen a player. He was like Vince Young in a game. I can't remember what he did. Tone, I forget that game that uh, Kaepernick had. 270, had like 185 rushing. And I'm going like this. Holy, I mean, he was like Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. And you're going like this. Holy shit. Dude, I couldn't believe what I want. I think he did that also against Green Bay. Vic was awesome. Vic was an underachiever. Imagine Vic having Andy Reid his entire career. Would have won a Super Bowl. Coaching. If Kaepernick is with, if, if Kaepernick is with Andy Reid, Kaepernick wins a Super Bowl. Shit, man. If those lights don't go out in that Super Bowl, I think Kaepernick beats the Ravens. I think he beats the Ravens. The game you're talking about is Falcons-Packers. Final score is 27-7 Falcons. Is that what it was? Thank you, Jesus. 2003. Okay. Look at V3. He thinks cheating is how the Patriots won seven. Dumbest thing ever. You're just jealous. You're just jealous. Had nothing to do with cheating. Had everything to do with bending the rules. So what? Football pressure and taping practices that you could get if you just watch it on the side or you get the TV copy. You got to be kidding me. They won three Super Bowls after each event. It didn't matter. <laughs> Pressures and footballs. Brady won three more after that. 
Really helped him. <laughs> really helped him. Dumbest shit ever. It's just people who just... Because you're mad because you don't have as many titles as they have. It's okay. I get it. Totally understand. I'd be pissed off too. Hey, by the way, you beat him. Okay? Deflate gate. Yeah, okay. I'm sure that mattered. Deflate gate. <laughs> One PSI versus two PSIs. That's what caused the Brady to be Brady. So Brady was a guy because he had the football deflated more than the other guy where Rogers used to overinflate the football. And I used to see Philip Rivers do the same thing. You know what Philip Rivers used to do? So Philip Rivers, when I covered him, when he was with the chargers, Philip Rivers would get his footballs out of the box and he'd go over to the sidewalk and he would start scraping them up. Boom. He would start scuffing the footballs up. Boom. Boom. He'd get the pressure he wanted. And that's why every team uses their own footballs. And he goes like this, take some air out of that for me, please. So he would deflate it. And then he would scuff the football up. Guess who his coach was? And guess who his coach was handing him the football? Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Nick Sirianni was right there when he was scuffing the footballs up. Ask him about manipulating footballs. See what he says. I saw Nick and what's the other guy? Shane Steichen. He was there too. They're part of the flight gate. <laughs> no, he doesn't have any explaining. That's what most quarterbacks do. Yeah, they don't have any explaining to do. Uh, Richard, the wide receiver coach in San Diego was Nick Sirianni. The OC was Frank Wright. And Philip Rivers, who I've posted many pictures with, used to get the footballs every year, open the box out, take the weight, and take the pressure out of the football to weigh it. He liked it. And this is the guy Jalen Hurts studies. He would scuff the ball up on the ground, on the sidewalk, until he liked it, so it had a rough, because they got like kind of like a gloss over it, and he want that gloss off it. And those were footballs that he used throughout the year. That's exactly what Brady did, but because it was the Patriots. <laughs> so I seen on Dirty Jobs how they do baseball teams buy a special mud from Florida, and paint the baseballs with it for grip. Absolutely. They'll drop it in the mud, in that mud, and then what they'll do is they'll they'll clean the foot, they'll clean the baseballs off, but it makes it have a so that you can grip the baseball more. Or what guys like to do, remember that um not tough skin. What was that stuff, Yale? Okay, what's that stuff that uh that Lester Hayes used to use? Stick them. What they would do is they'd get a small bit of stick them, put it on their hands. Okay, or put it on their forearms and catchers. I'll tell you what I used to do. If a pitcher needed a little extra grip, the catcher would put underneath his glove, he would have some stickum in here or pine tar. The pitcher, if he was anything good like Gail or Perry, the catcher had the stuff on him 
not the pitcher, because the guy's going to check the pitcher, not the catcher. So the catcher would have it in his glove. And if you did, you ever notice why Tim McCarver, we always worked with Steve Carlton, and it was always like his personal guy. When you have a personal catcher, like Veritech and them guys, the first guy you should check is the catcher. Okay, because the catcher is the one either with the with the sandpaper or the thing with the stickum or the pine tar. Jesus, you guys didn't know that? <clears throat> yeah, right? It's the guy behind the plate. That's why when they go out and you see you see the umpires today, they go out and they check the um they go out and they check the pitcher. It's the catcher, he immediately walks into the dugout, takes his glove off, grabs another glove, and puts it on. It's a way to get around the room. Really? Interesting. <laughs> when you when you got a pitcher that's got shit on him, he's dumb. And the catcher's not in with him. The good ones have a catcher that's with them and it'll work with them. Okay. That's how you get around the rule. Or first baseman. You ever notice the third base guy comes over and talks to him? They don't check third baseman. Like Manny Machado would come. Manny Machado, okay, has helped a couple of pitchers out. Come on, man. Seals, so, you know of anything hockey players do? All I know is Scott Stevens told Eric Lindros, keep your head up. <laughs> hey, that's all I know is that. He told Lindros to keep his head up. That's the only thing I know. Hey, keep your head up. <laughs> hey, dude, keep your head up. All right. Hey, I'm gonna I wanna take hey, I wanna take a look at um I wanna take a look at um week eleven of the NFL here, okay? Huh. Oh my God, that's really nice. Merrill Reese just texted me back here. And see, well, there's Merrill. He he just texted me back. Got to cover his number. And you guys know who this guy is? Hold on. You guys know who that guy is? Oh, geez, there's the name. That's one of my guys. And he was he's saying that he, he was friends with Dick Emberg. You guys know who Dick Emberg is? Dick Emberg was, was a really great guy. It was a really good guy. Seals, you need a bigger phone, you think? Let's take a look real quick here. Then we'll talk about tonight's game because I want to give that separate love here for that here. Um, Chicago, Detroit, I don't care. Detroit's got to put a team like that away like the Eagles do. 
Okay. See a game like that? Philly kills Chicago, right? They kill them. Detroit's got to kill them. Arizona at Houston. Tone, you're right. Houston, Houston may win that division. Dallas at Carolina. Oh my God. Please, please, Philly. Don't lose Monday night. Please. Don't lose Monday night. My God almighty. What'll happen Monday? You will think that the Dallas Cowboys are the lead dog in the NFC East. Please don't lose Monday. They're killing Carolina. But they're going to make Carolina seem like Cam Newton's in his prime. Ugh. Chargers at Green Bay. This game, Chargers lose. That's the kind of game they lose. Raiders at Miami. I don't know why I'm pulling for Antonio Pierce, but I am. In Miami, that used to be a great rivalry game. Giants at Washington. Hey, man, Sam Howell's the dude. He is. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Well, shit, man. Pittsburgh's going to win that game. No Deshaun Watson. Tennessee at Jacksonville. They'll write the ship, go to seven and three. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. The Bucs will get killed in that game. Jets at Buffalo. Man, do the Buffalo Bills need a win. And I mean, not a win, but a convincing win. Seattle at the Rams. It's a divisional game. Seattle wins that thing, I think. How about this one? Minnesota-Denver, all of a sudden, that's a game, isn't it? (laughs) Hey, that might be one of the games I'm going to watch over the weekend. Minnesota-Denver. Am I right when I say this? If Denver wins that game, do they get to 500? Do they get to 5-5? and If they win that game? Does Denver get to 5-5? and Holy shit. Is Sean Payton kind of putting his name in the conversation potentially as a coach of the year if he gets that team out of the start that they had to five and five? They're four and five right now. Wow. They get to five and five. That'd be amazing. And you got Philly, Kansas City on Monday. We'll do more about that as we get closer to Monday night. That'd be crazy great. All right. I want to talk about tonight's game. Um, Cincinnati at Baltimore. We'll do that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What an absolute great game. About time, right? By the way, I, I showed you guys my um, my my ballot for All-American. Real quick before I talk about tonight's game. This is who I have right now. Yeah, you might like this. My Heisman odds. Michael Penix, I got one. Bo Nix, two. Jaden Daniels, LSU, three. Marvin Harrison, Jr., Ohio State, and Carson Beck, Georgia, five. Guy's going for a three-peat. Georgia's going for three in a row. That's got to mean something. Okay? So, but I got Penix. Penix, Knicks, and Daniels right now with an outlier in Marvin Harrison Jr. as my top four guys right now. Um. Those three, Jane Daniels threw for 602 yards and something like six touchdowns last week. He was insane. So I, I've got to put it, if his team was a little better, he'd be at the top of that list. Still Stroud or how? Stroud. Stroud. All right, tonight, give me some scores. And who do you have? Ravens, Bengals. I'm going to put it down here. Man, Joe Burrow. 
Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson, 28-24, 31-27. You think it's a high-scoring game. Give me Burrow over Lamar, 31-28, 31-27. If I'm not mistaken, there's some dudes out in this ball game too, 35-28 Baltimore. It's, it's in Baltimore, right? It's in Baltimore. Go dogs, 38-35 Ravens. Um, I got 27-21 Ravens. I think this is an MVP game for both men. Joe Burrow's awful good, though. Um, And by the way, they're missing that great left offensive tackle in Baltimore for tonight's game. Um, Man, I think this is going to come down, protect the football like it's going to come down to Monday night. I'll tell you this, man. You can't have two better matchups at quarterback position than you have for Thursday night and Monday night. With Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is this is everything you want in a matchup, these two ball games. You got the reigning Super Bowl champion versus the runner-up in the MVP and the runner-up in the game. And you have tonight two guys that are trying to become what Patrick Mahomes is. You got three men tonight chasing that guy Monday night. That this is a game for Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Lamar. Think about that. Ravens 30. Wow. Tone's got it. Big time numbers. 33-30. What'd he say? Ravens. Wow. Big numbers. Think about this. The winner of these two games. Well, no. Jalen wins Monday. And I you obviously know that I think they're gonna win. Um, and the winner of tonight. If Mahomes wins, this is what I think you come out of this. If Mahomes wins Monday, Lamar wins tonight. I think it goes back to Mahomes, Lamar, Hurts, and Burrow. Stroud's moving up the list. If Jalen wins, I think Jalen goes to the front. And then the next four games for him will determine whether he slams the door this year. Get this. Do you guys all agree with this? Tone, do you guys agree with this? If Jalen Hurts wins this ball game and goes four and one and he misses the last two, okay? And he misses the last two games, whether you clinched um, home field or whatever, like a little banged up, I don't think it'll matter. I don't think it'll matter in the MVP. Tones like this. Can you imagine three years ago, we'd be talking about Jalen Hurts in these conversations right now with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely no way. You'd be talking like that about this dude. Yeah, man, I think this is exciting. I can't wait to watch this game. Finally, an Amazon game that Al Michaels won't put me to sleep with. Guys, spectacular stuff. 
Xander, awesome, man. Thank you very much. Big Joe, thank you. You guys are great. Please hit the like button. Tone, keep kicking ass, man. What a game tonight, and what a matchup on Monday night. I mean, the start of week 11, dude. Look at this shit, man. This is what you wait for. We're going to start week 11 with tonight's matchup, and we're going to end it with a repeat of the Super Bowl. That's what NFL football is all about, my book, man. We'll see you 2 to 6 tomorrow on a football Friday, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.